This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO, or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. What's up, guys? This is Jeff Gobb here at PWG. Tremendous, I don't even know the name of the show, but you're listening to Busted Wide Open. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, but if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 83. I'm Nick Howell. And feeling like a zombie from watching way too much Japanese wrestling this week, <laughs> I am Sir Ian Dangerous. Welcome to the show. And as always, if you're listening to the show and you want to get more involved, head over to our Facebook discussion group. It's a great place to meet everyone else who's listening to the yes. show. Talk to us about things, post some funny memes, uh, post your opinions, and don't forget, we do have some exciting news. We are going to take this show live yes. in two weeks. We go live every uh, every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific. Pacific time. We yes. will be on YouTube uh, going live, and uh, Nick, you can actually speak more about that than I can as your Mr. Technical, <laughs> okay. Mr. Technical man around here. Yes, so to those that uh, tuned in earlier this week for the live test, thank you very much. Uh, if you want to get in on the live tapings of our podcast, going forward, head over to our YouTube channel. We don't have one of those fancy URLs yet. You can just search for Busted Wide Open on YouTube and you'll find us there. Also, if you want to get more and more involved with the show, we are shifting gears a little bit over to Patreon so we can continue to bring you more and more of this quality content, uh, both live and recorded. And head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Uh, that's where you can, at the minimal tier, the $5 value tier you can get your questions answered right here on the show every single week for the price of you know buying me and sir ian dangerous a cup of coffee every month that's what i'm going to need to be able to do these shows man right. coffee especially coffee, with the g1 going coffee keeps me alive it's keeping me up you're right with the g1 going it's keeping me alive right now but we got to talk about our show this week yes uh we have the fallout from extreme rules we had raw and smackdown falling out from extreme rules in some very interesting ways i liked a lot of stuff that happened this week uh we do need to talk about the g1 special happening in new japan uh we were both at pwg's tremendous show last week which was a ton of fun we're awesome. Awesome. We're going to talk about that real quick. But before we get into all of that, we have to talk about the big news. First and foremost, uh, it was announced, and they even had a meeting backstage at Extreme Rules, from what I understand. Hulk Hogan has returned and has been reinstated yes. to the WWE Hall of Fame. Yes, after three years. Yes. After three years of uh, after he got... Uh, uh, unceremoniously kicked out uh, for getting, as he would say, caught saying uh, some naughty words. Yeah. 
uh, the N word in particular in reference to his daughter's boyfriend. Um, Do we want to weigh in here on how we feel about this? You know, I, I think it's actually better to kind of look at the other superstars who I, I would argue are probably the most affected because they've got to work with the guy and they have to be in the same company with the guy. And sure. I'll, 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 you know, here's the thing. He is on a, a legends contract. So it's not like he's actively a part of the WWE, right. but as you said, at extreme rules, when it was announced that Hogan was being reinstated to the, the hall of fame. And you know, this is their way of kind of slowly ramping him back up. We all knew he was not going to be gone forever. He's such an integral part of the history of WWE and, he and Vince are still buddies in a lot of ways. So there's no way he was going to be gone and wiped from history forever like some people. But um, but he definitely, you know, he had to go go away for a while and be punished. And and not, not just because of public perception, but because a lot of people who worked for WWE were genuinely hurt and angered by the things he said and by the... Rightfully so. Rightfully so. And, and by the, you know... From the the fact that you realize what kind of guy would say that kind of things and yeah. those kinds of things, so no, you know, obviously it's not up to us to determine if he's quote paid his dues and, and served his sentence and has truly learned. Uh, it's up to people who work with him uh, who would be directly affected by that. And and there were uh, members of the superstars who posted online, who posted tweets, and uh, afterwards, the New Day and Titus O'Neil in particular had very eloquent things to say on Twitter. Um, then and uh, as you said, Hogan did actually stand up in front of the entire locker room. Uh, I, don't, I don't know if it was before, or after Extreme Rules, but at, at the show at some point, and uh, basically say, you know, yeah, I did. Sorry, some, I got caught. Sorry, I got caught was basically what he said, and that was something that some of the superstars did not like, and they yeah. basically pointed that out, like. You know, well, it was, the it was basically I don't like a, either. a half-assed apology. He's, yeah. you know, uh, Titus actually said that, um, to, uh, quote, what he said was, Mr. Balea's apology, of course, Hulk Hogan's real name, Terry Balea, Mr. Balea's apology that he didn't know he was being recorded is not remorse for the hateful and violent utterances he made, which reprise language that has caused violence against blacks and minorities for centuries. I stand firm in my position that Mr. Balea is entitled to reinstatement. He was and is a role model, hero, and icon to countless... Uh, and I'm sorry, I have to change the page here. Um, uh, lost my place. <laughs> uh, let's see. Uh, he uh, he wasn't is a role model, hero, and icon to countless people. I hope that Mr. Belay's missteps in communicating to the WWE talent in Pittsburgh are not repeated to his fans, and I expect that he shall pursue an agenda that clearly communicates to all third parties that his language was inappropriate, wrong, and should not be tolerated in a civilized and inclusive society. So I think that pretty much sums up you know, the feelings as it is at the, as they stand right now is cautious optimism. It's like, okay, yeah. not off to the best start, but at least it's a start. Yeah. New day. I think it was Kofi that posted uh, the thing that I really liked where he basically said, look, we can't, we can't erase him from history. He is a part of the, the storied thing. A huge part. We, we don't, we recognize and appreciate that. But at the same time, it's one of those things where we're just going to move forward. Yeah. And I, and I like that be the bigger man kind of approach. Uh, to to this whole situation, it's not ignoring and it's not putting aside what was said. Uh, but at a certain point, it's like, okay, we are the superstars of today. Mm -hmm. We have to move forward. We have to continue to move on. And I, I respect and appreciate that approach. Absolutely. And and as he says, like you can't ignore the elephant in the room. Hulk Hogan is is a huge part of wrestling history. But wrestling has also largely in historic in history been very self governing. 
if someone screws up and not even necessarily because he says something wrong, but you know, he messes up in the ring is going to, it's going to get handled in the locker room. Yeah. You know, it's going to get handled at some point. So there is a lot of internal policing that goes on. And I have a, a feeling that it's going to be very similar with this, where yeah. Hogan's got an uphill climb to get some love back in the, in the back room. And, you know, I did, we didn't hear Booker T's thoughts on it. I'd be very curious to hear those, frankly, because, uh, as much as he's kind of you know silly on the show, he's really smart and well spoken in real life, and I'd love to hear him talk about it. Right. He actually, I think, more than anybody else, had more exposure to, to Hogan. But uh, at any rate, Hogan's back. We will probably be seeing more and more of his presence as the months and years go on. This we knew at some point he was coming back. Um, as far as our personal opinions on it, I, I think I'm just going to step back and kind of echo Titus in the New Day. It's like cool if that's how you guys feel about it then that's how it should be. Um, I, I really, I can't, I can't have an opinion beyond that because it's not my place to have an opinion on Agreed. this subject. Oh, I think it's fair that we, we, in today's modern world, I think it's okay that we have an opinion on it. Um, again, we are a wrestling show, but I it just, I want to go out there and wholeheartedly say, no, I, I don't agree that he should be back. I think that's really, I think that's one of those things. His history is not going to be wiped because he didn't come back. Yeah, and the Hall of Fame is kind of an arbitrary thing sure. from the company. You but know I don't I mean? think he needs to have a presence in 2018 WWE. I'm sorry. I If you guys are serious, big-time Hogan fans, that's, I, I think that is a mistake you simply cannot make. And the fact that you got caught is completely irrelevant. It, oh, it's, absolutely. It's, you, you can't... And, in a world of equality and all of the things that are preached and all of the things that WWE stands for now in this era, all of the benefits and beneficiaries that they have around the world, you, you just cannot have someone, whether they're in a, a legends contract or an ambassador role or whatever that is, that's not the person. There's well, plenty of people out there that could fill that role. Well, let me put it this way. Uh, you know, I, I can't really have an emotional uh opinion on it but i can from a you know from a fan's standpoint say that i'm disappointed in him yep uh and that that really kind of tarnished him for me but at the end of the day i kind of have to go with titus's uh perspective on it is look wwe's going to do what wwe's going to do and it's up to hulk hogan to come out and and figure out how to apologize and move forward and have a redemptive story on this and he could actually be a um, a good example of how to change yourself or fix yourself if you have you know this this kind of thing inside you, or if you uh you know if you want to redeem yourself from this kind of activity. And I like that he called out he's a big fan of second chances and even third chances. Exactly. And and, and I'm on board with that too. So that's that's kind of where I'm at with it. It's where I'm. Yeah, I'm like okay. It is Hogan, what it is. Hogan's back. He, it is what it is. The company's going to do that. The company's going to do what the company's going to do. Right. Uh, but if that's their decision that they feel like he served his time, okay, let's see how he redeems himself. And it, you know, it, I'm very open to this being one of those trial and error things where it's a trial comeback and it doesn't work and he goes away again. Yeah. Uh, but you know, if, if he does change his rhetoric and starts showing real remorse and, and becomes an ambassador for, you know, positive change, then that could be a good thing. So I'm willing to look at this with an open mind at this point because I don't really have any other choice. Yeah, I mean it's it's kind of being handed. Here's what it is, you know. Eat this big spoon of you know, <laughs> of Hogan of poop. This this big this big spoonful of Terry Bollea. Yeah. Mm. Well, guys, that's the big news for the week. Uh, let's head over and start breaking things down on Monday Night Raw. Well, speaking of people going to do what people going to do, uh, apparently. 
Brock Lesnar is going to have a match at SummerSlam. Uh, it took a little bit of arm twisting. It's uh, yes. Uh, who knows if how how real to real life that was, or if that was strictly in kayfabe. But yes, Kurt Angle came out on the show this week and said. Where's Brock? If he's not here, I'm stripping him of the title. I want to say that that was actually my favorite. I don't know if I said this on the recap. That was my favorite part of Extreme Rules. Was what? The backstage segment with Kurt Angle in that oh. interview. Yeah, no, we, you did mention that. And I was mentioning how that was like the biggest pop on the show. Was yeah. everyone going, yeah, strip him. So it's funny how this is now transcended onto TV in Monday Night Raw where uh, Paul Heyman got like seriously booed. Well, and in a place was, like Wilkes Bar, and know? this was interesting because he did come out at the last second as Kurt was saying, "I am hereby stripping Brock Lesnar of the title." You had the audience chanting, "Strip the title, strip the title." You had Heyman coming out and very kind of weaselly saying, "All right, all right, all right, don't strip him. We'll 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 find we'll we'll fight someone at SummerSlam. Okay, it's a great idea. Ha ha, no problem." The fans still were like they were they were booing the fact that Lesnar was getting a match at SummerSlam. They were cheering. For the title strip, they were like, screw, we don't want to see Lesnar anymore. It's go-away heat. And that's what I really want to talk about is obviously, okay, so there's lots more to talk about that happened on the show this week. But before we get to that, I want to talk about the fact that Lesnar is getting go-away heat. He's getting the kind of heat where people just don't want to see him now. It's not that they want to see someone beat him. They want to see him go away. Now, on this show, to figure out who the number one contender was going to be, Kurt made a couple of triple threat matches at the end of this segment with Paul Heyman and everybody, a bunch of the wrestlers from the back came out and said, well, now that he's got a a match at SummerSlam, I want to be that guy in the match. Now I want to be in the guy in the match. And we had uh, Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, Drew McIntyre, Elias, Seth Rollins, Bobby Lashley all come out and say, I'm a legit contender. And Kurt made two triple threat matches, one that happened immediately and one that happened at the end of the show to determine who was going to face each other next week. And the winner of that match would be the number one contender. So we had a match between Roman Reigns, Finn Balor, and Drew McIntyre, which was a great match. Uh, Finn looked very vicious and was beating Roman with a chair. Drew McIntyre looked awesome, took some big moves. Ultimately, Roman Reigns picks up the win. Of course he does. Shocker. Right. Later match, Elias, Seth Rollins, and Bobby Lashley. Another great match. Seth Rollins flying all over the place. Elias playing spoiler, but Lashley picking up the spear on Elias at the end. And it's Lashley. So next week, we're going to have Roman Reigns versus Lashley. 2.0. Again which we just saw at Extreme Rules for that, that had no purpose. It was just a grudge match, sort of. Um, so we know that next week it's going to be Roman Reigns or Bobby Lashley facing off against Brock Lesnar at SummerSlam. Now, the theory right now, a lot of people are afraid, and I think, we've, I, think I even saw in our, our discussion group that someone said, look, it's nice to find you guys, but uh, I'm out next week if yeah. Roman Reigns is going to be Roman Reigns. <laughs> Lash- Lash- somebody Lesner. new joined the group. Yeah, yeah. Just joined. Don't run away. If, it's, it, if, if it is Reigns uh, Lesnar again, there might be there might be a, a, a bright sunshiny spot at the end of the rainbow. I think there might be two. Well, there's a bunch of possibilities. Yeah, yeah. it's it's not. And, it, and should Reigns win next week, and it's it's Reigns Lesnar, like I think it's he will. not all. I, I think he will too, but it's not all over yet. If that's the case, like it's not the end of the world. Got there's the possibility of a triple threat of Lashley exactly, somehow sneaking in the back door, and uh, you've got Monster in the bank running around with exactly. A briefcase. And at the end of the day. If Roman does finally beat him and what should have happened at WrestleMania finally happens at SummerSlam, all right, the Band-Aid's off and we can all move forward. Fine, Reigns is the champ. Whatever. We can all move on. And that's really what I want to talk about here is even from us, we're just like, please let it be over with. And it's not and like strip the title, strip the title that they were chanting on the show this week. The audience was chanting on the show. 
that's coming from the same place. We're all sick of this. We want to have the championship back on TV and not on somebody who doesn't want to be on TV or who WWE is treating and, and building like someone who doesn't want to be there and doesn't want to defend the championship and would rather be somewhere else. And obviously that's somewhere between kayfabe and reality with Lesnar where, you know, he doesn't really give a crap. Even in, even in Heyman's speech, he was, he was uh, positioning or positing the whole possibility of uh, Brock Lesnar having a UFC championship match with the universal title strapped tightly around his waist. Yeah. I saw uh, uh, Cormier actually tweeted something about like, I'll, I'll face him for the uh, WWE heavyweight championship too. I don't care. <laughs> That's hilarious. Uh, which would be great. <laughs> that still better than Lesnar as universal champion. But uh, I'll I'll take Cormier as universal champion. Oh, yeah. That'd be great. Oh, but yeah. uh, Cormier is a huge fan, dude. I remember him being in WrestleMania 31 and freaking out when Seth cashed in. But anyway, neither here nor there. What I wanted to talk about is let's say it is Reigns Lesnar and the whole plan. The reason that Vince didn't do it at WrestleMania is because he knew that Reigns would get crapped on if he won there. And so he's like, well, let me this for three months, make everyone hate Lesnar and make him want to go away. And so even if Roman wins at SummerSlam, people will just be like, thank God it's not on Lesnar anymore. And to get Roman cheered. It's another way to get Roman cheered. Wouldn't that be something? I mean, that's and that's part of what I was thinking about when watching this is like, wow, Lesnar's getting go away heat. But man, that is some serious like that's a that's a really dark path to go down to try and get the dude that you want to be champ cheered is to give one of your biggest money draws go away heat. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that is, but I mean, that's been insane kind of balls, Well, but it's, only Vince could pull that off. That's not balls. That's madness. Yeah. You've got a guy who's as hot as Seth Rollins and you know, poised. You could have it happen. You could have Braun Strowman take it off of him. You could have, I mean, now granted, one of the reasons that they don't want to do a lot of that is because they've spent so much time building up so much equity on Lesnar, right? With, with beating and Reigns for that matter. Well, not really Reigns. They've actually, if you look at his win loss record, he's actually won, he's lost. He's like the second most losingest guy on pay-per-views. Yeah, seriously, Damn. it's a stat. Okay. Ever since the, ever since the, uh, the brand split, well, he's lost 10 times to Lesnar in the last year. That's <laughs> But that's kind of my point is they haven't built like Roman Reigns is booked strong all the time, but not like Lesnar. You've got the streak with Lesnar. Lesnar's beaten Roman clean a bunch of times. He's beaten everybody clean with one F five. You know what I mean? Like he has so much weight on his shoulders in terms of booking strength. Whoever beats him one, two, three clean in that ring is going to have it's it. That is the rocket to get, have be, to be strapped on you. Right. So the terror the, the thing is, is they don't I don't think want to give that equity to any one person like they've, they've given him too much now where unless that person is guaranteed to be the man, they don't want to put that on them. Yeah, that's fair. so I could even see a muddled finish at SummerSlam where it becomes a triple threat and, you know, Lesnar doesn't get pinned or Braun cashes in and there's a screw up somehow and Lesnar loses it or or even retains somehow through some sort of muddled finish, I could see some sort of shenanigan happening where they just, they don't want to have Lesnar pin clean yet. Like they'll just put that off for later, you know, yeah. like that's where we're at with this and that's madness. Um, but of course, obviously, and this is the thing is let reigns Lesnar 76 or whatever my man on, on, on our, our Facebook group said it was going to be, <laughs> which is what it feels like for yeah. sure. Uh, if it happens and reigns wins, it's over. The, the equity's gone. <sighs> we don't have to worry about it anymore. Like we can move 
forward. And this is what Big, we were talking about. red reset button. We, this, I mean, yeah, or just restart or just a you know, new chapter. And this is what we wanted at WrestleMania was, please, can we just, let's move on. And that's why I actually kind of hope, and this is the weird thing I was trying to get to the whole time. I actually kind of hope it's Reigns Lesnar to get it over with, which is kind of what Vince wanted. He's got me. He got me actually going, please, can Reigns just take this belt off Lesnar already? Yeah. Like, I'm... I'm there. He's he has booked it in a way that that's the case, but it's still not good because now I'm as sick of Lesnar as everybody else is, which is also not really what you want. And we're starting this whole new era off completely sick of Roman Reigns, yes. in, in a way. But it's it's, it's just, the whole thing has just been force fed to us for more than a year now uh, of this whole uh, whole scheme. Yeah, and it's one of those things where I just, I I don't care. I'm going all the way back to April with WrestleMania. I remember saying on this show, I don't care. Just no more Lesnar, no mm. more Universal Title being absent from the show. Yeah, and it, it, I don't. If, it, if it's Reigns, great. If it's Rollins, great. If it's Elias, great. Who cares? I, I, I agree with you that whoever does build, take that equity off of Brock, uh, Brock Lesnar, great. I'm sorry, I'm you over know. here dying at the thought of, of Elias picking up the uh, the Lesnar equity and holding the Universal Championship belt while strumming a guitar in the ring. It's just kind of a ridiculous E minor. Dling. Um, but yeah, so okay, so that's where we're at here is uh, next week Reigns versus Lashley, which we just saw for no stakes, and now we're seeing it for all the marbles pretty much next week. And it makes sense now why Lashley took the win at Extreme Rules it so might. that Roman can get it back going into correct uh, and SummerSlam. It, it basically, yes, if Roman does win next week, then now we know why Lashley won at Extreme Rules. It was a way to keep Lashley looking strong because he will still have a win over Roman, even though Roman wins their final match yeah. next week. So. Very interesting. And the question ultimately will be is, does Braun factor in at SummerSlam or do they have him save it until I can't I can't see him carrying that briefcase for a year like um, like Carmella did. You know, I I just can't see him holding on to it for much longer for as long as Seth did. The monster in the bank thing's already getting a little long in the tooth. That doesn't ever stop them before. It's fair. But But, I I think there's they want to I think we got to get past the Reigns Lesnar thing. And I agree with you. Second half of this year. I don't know, Hell in a Cell in October? Maybe. I could see it well before then because there's so much more you can do with Braun without a briefcase. It was a, a weird decision to put it on him in the first place. 100%. Um, and I think, again, he doesn't need it. And it is very extraneous to have him have it. You know, it's a horse with five legs. True. It doesn't make sense. True. Well, hey, we spent the most of the time talking about Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar again. How about that? Of course, that? because that was the main part of the show. Mission accomplished. Mission accomplished. <laughs> uh, but let's talk about other things that happened on the show. For instance, there was a intercontinental championship match between Dolph Ziggler and Bobby Roode. It was actually not an intercontinental championship match. Oh, that's right. Match. He took away. He, yes. That's right. They th- he, he tricked Bobby Roode. I Rude. said I would give you a match. Not I a title match. Yeah, so that was it, which I thought meant Roode was going to sneak out a win here. I was wrong. Dolph Ziggler does retain totally, I mean, pretty much all clean because Bobby Roode tweaked his knee coming off the top rope and Dolph picks up the win. Uh, I I don't know. It was a good match, but I was kind of wondering why Bobby would lose clean here. I think this is the best I've seen Bobby Roode since he's debuted, if I'm being honest. And I'm, no, I'm wondering if that's him being in the ring with someone of the caliber of Dolph Ziggler. I, I think so. I and, mean, I, I've seen him be pretty, I've seen him have some pretty good matches and yeah. this was, Definitely up there in terms of entertainment value, but you know, the audience wasn't really that into it, I think, which which pulled away from it because it wasn't a championship match, I mean, and everyone's kind of like, eh. It's Wilkes Bar, you know? It, whatever. Ouch, dude. Um, so, yeah. Uh, it, 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 what does this do for Dolph? It kind of cements him 
as does this cement him as the Intercontinental Champion? It does. Is he going to have that belt for a while now? He needed to have a signature win by himself without Drew McIntyre. I, I thought on this show that they were starting to show us Dolph and Drew as signals competitors, maybe maybe kind of floating the idea of, hey, these guys can operate independently, but they're still on each other's side. That's a great evolution of their relationship. Uh, we, you and I were both really worried that they were they were put together when when Drew first debuted and Ziggler first came out on on when he was traded to Raw. We said, oh, why are these two guys together? They shouldn't be a tag team, blah, blah, blah. They're obviously not now. They're two singles guys who have each other's back. It's the Shawn Michaels diesel thing, just like we, we were saying. It, it, it's even more like that now. Yeah. Which I'm even more happy with because Ziggler can go and have matches with his intercontinental belt and Drew can keep futzing around in the main event scene and looking really good against the guys he's fighting over there and they can still have each other's backs and involve themselves in the storyline. It's very Shield-esque, the way that Rollins and Reigns kind of you know come in and out of each other's lives. Yeah. So I, I like this dynamic much more. I think this match, more than anything, was a way to establish that, although I think it also kind of maybe showed us what Bobby Roode's ceiling was unless they have a plan to have him go on a losing streak and have to figure out his game somehow. Yeah, I don't know a, if they're going to do that. Put a suit on, turn him heel. That's, that's, <laughs> that's it, man. Like what you were doing with Big Cass, only better. Like, like, kind of go down that route. That's how what about I, just Bobby Roode and NXT heel again? I mean, that's yeah. how do you beat that? Yeah, that's what I mean. Um, but yeah, I don't see that happening. I don't, I don't know. Bobby's not showing any heel, and they have enough heels as it is. So yeah, that's true. Um, that being said, nothing we have to talk about. One of my favorite parts of the show actually was uh, Alexa Bliss coming out and gloating about her victory over Nia Jax, saying that she's finally put Nia Jax in the rearview mirror. Uh, she's beaten everyone in the locker room. And uh, she's the the one true woman's champ. That's great. Uh, Ronda Rousey, who is supposedly still suspended for 30 days, shows up up high in the crowd and starts walking down to the ring, at which point Alexa says, uh, well, okay, thanks, everybody. Uh, drive safe. I'll see you later. And tries, tries to run away. Ronda cuts her off at the stage, and uh, a brawl ensues. Uh, they, this was a lot of fun. This was a ton of fun. This is actually brilliant booking for Ronda Rousey. Don't have her talk. Have her come in and murder people. And uh, which is what happened here, you know, but she she ended up tackling a bunch of referees and uh, got Alexa in the arm bar, at which point Kurt Angle came out and said, look, you're still suspended. I'm going to add a week to your suspension, but you'll get Alexa at SummerSlam. Baron Corbin didn't like this, said he was going to go call Stephanie. Couldn't um, find his phone because <laughs> Kurt had stolen it, right. which is a funny little thing. Here's what I like about this. So we have teased the involvement of Stephanie McMahon here now. Uh, we also have established that Ronda Rousey is probably going to get some TV time to build towards SummerSlam, and she's getting the SummerSlam match. In addition, they're doing a good job of making Ronda look like a stone cold killer. Yep. Um, which is how what she we have said on this show. She shouldn't talk much, but my God, when she's physical, absolutely electric. She moves like nobody else in the business does. Uh, it's like everyone else is moving in slow motion. It's fantastic. <laughs> That's a good way and to put they it. Can, and uh, as weird as her hair and makeup was this week, and if you didn't watch the show, the best way that I can describe her this week was like a cross between Grace Jones, the Predator, and a Pop-Tart. Uh, she looked absolutely bizarre with these uh, like crisscross braids on the top of her head and just slicked back on the sides and these huge swooping. That's some stuff she did I, in UFC. Did you ever watch any of her matches? Not like this, dude. Oh, I mean, she had some crazy hairstyles in UFC. She too. did. Yeah. Not like this. Oh, okay. This is a new level. Uh, but at some points it did look genuinely intimidating and, and scary. So I, I wasn't, I was like, this is weird hair, but all right, I'm not going to tell her no. So let's talk about SummerSlam. Cause, uh, if, correct me if I'm wrong. Did the match did get booked for, yes. for the women's raw women's championship yes. between Alexa bliss 
and Ronda Rousey that Correct. we've been spe- we've been basically sold on for weeks now. Sure, but now that's so we have that. So we have weeks to prepare for this. Does Corbin get involved? Does Stephanie get involved? Has to. There's no way Alexa right? comes out of that. There's no way one on one. No, exactly. There's no way she comes out of that one on one with the, with the championship, which I expect her to retain because it's SummerSlam yeah. and faces don't have win. To. Yeah, very well, often at SummerSlam. Um, so yes, so I'm curious to see where this evolves into. Uh, like whether whether or not Stephanie, who still has a grudge against Ronda, gets involved. Obviously, Corbin has you know made his presence known with Kurt's decision to give her the championship match. So we have some plot we could be seeing here. Uh, I'm excited about this this angle. I'm glad we got past the whole Nia thing. That match was a, a dumpster fire at Extreme Rules. Yep. I'm glad we're past that. Let's move on. Let's clean. Let's, let's get this clean and moving quickly towards SummerSlam. Yep. Next up, uh, the uh, Sasha Banks and Bailey saga took an interesting turn into, I dare I say, lesbian lover land this I d- week. I, you may dare say, I would say it's a U-turn. Uh, it's <laughs> we went. I went. I just went. What, what? the actual hell is I, going on? I personally think it was just the bad writing of this segment that would give oh. you that impression. Uh, yeah, Banks and Bailey haven't been getting along. They were forced to go to counseling for some reason because, you know, friends never break up in <laughs> WWE and start getting physical and tag teams never break up and they start fighting each other. And No, but they're making Sasha and Bailey, who were not a tag team. They tag together sometimes. But Kurt's saying, you guys aren't valuable to me unless you're friends. Unless you guys get along, I'm trading one of you to SmackDown. That is the most bizarre, like, I don't know... That illogical, inconsistent uh, storytelling, I can imagine. Like, how, in <laughs> what world does that work equivalently with everything else that you've told us in the WWE? Right. Anyway, that aside, okay, fine. Let's just go with it. Sure. They were forced to go to, to therapy, which was horribly handled except for a, a, a cameo by our favorite therapist of all time. Yes. Um, but it was poorly handled. And then they're back this week, forced to tag again, against Dana Brooke and a returning Alicia Fox, which I was... Uh, yes, welcome, welcome back. back, Foxy. Welcome back, Foxy. I'm so glad you didn't get Future Endeavored. And Dana looked great. That w- They both had some really good moves in this match. Dana took an insane bump, an insane back bump off the apron, uh, and Foxy had some really stiff moves too. It was actually a fun match, but it did get... Uh, they got DQ'd because Sasha came to Bailey's rescue outside and beat down Foxy, and it was th- the match was thrown out. But they backstage. They went backstage, and uh, Bailey and Banks had a confrontation. Banks said she doesn't like to talk about her feelings, and uh, Bailey's like, "Just come on, just tell me." And Sasha said, "I love you. I've always loved you." Now, I uh, I think that's. I don't think this. We're going for a lesbian angle here. I don't think we are. I think that's just bad writing. That meant to be like, "I really love you as a friend. I've always loved you as a friend." Like, why are we having these problems? And we're going to see a redemption angle to this for some weird reason. I don't understand why we're going back and forth on this like so much about this has not made sense to me yeah i don't understand where they're going or what they're trying to do here and i deeply suspect they don't even know where they're going i don't i don't understand it this. feels like one of those treading water let's let's try that let's let's dip our toe in this pool in this pool in this pool and see what hits and they haven't hit any of them yet uh, when they said we're going to trade one of you to SmackDown live i actually went okay if you're not going to do this feud that's the best option yeah. there is just separate them. Maybe one of them can actually get a career going. <laughs> uh, you know, they, they, they're both dead in the water right now. They're both completely stalled. They're not... Okay, so hypothetically, fantasy book, who would you trade? Who would you bring over from SmackDown 
uh, in exchange for either Sasha Banks or Bailey. You know, I hadn't had the chance to thought it, to think about it, but I would almost like a Natalia. Oh, she's already, Natalia's already there. I'm, th- I'm thinking of a uh, Naomi. That's what I was thinking of. The problem is you already kind of have a Naomi on Monday Night Raw with Ember Moon in terms of how sure. she's presented as a, as a as a really facey face. Um, so you know, I, I don't know. I, uh, and, no, 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 no. I would want to say one of the heels, but there aren't that many at this point. You know, we won't want to put Oscar on Monday yet. That's the thing. I don't know who you'd bring from SmackDown, but I could definitely see either Bailey or Banks going to SmackDown. And, oh yeah, and having a good presence oh, there. Yeah. Uh, but I just don't know who you'd bring from SmackDown. I'm sure there's someone I'm forgetting who's on. Maybe like a bring Sonya Deville back and split up. Uh, yeah, the, the, the right. remaining members of Ascension. Yeah. Ascension, but, absolution, absolution. <laughs> I was, I was gonna say, uh, yeah, that, have her come back. Maybe and Mandy lead, Rose. Well, or have that, and then have them lead the remainder of the Riot Squad while Ruby riots out. Something like that. Yeah. That's the only thing I can think about. Uh, speaking of which, there was a match between Sarah Logan and Ember Moon on Monday Night Raw. Um, there, you know, it was basically a, it was basically a two on one match. You had Liv Tyler and Sarah Morgan teaming up on Ember Moon to hand Ember her first loss on the main roster. Um, I'm wondering if it's going to be a continuing two on three between Ember, Ember and the Riot Squad, which could be interesting. But right now, nothing's. It's just eh, kind of there. Nothing's really happening yet. Uh, we also had Mojo Raleigh versus Tyler Breeze because Fandango's out for how long? Did you tell me six it was? months? Six I think months. it is. Yeah, um, another another four or five months. Yeah, and he's been all, out about a month. I think. And they're already murdering Tyler Breeze. Yeah. They're already he's already beating him to the bottom of the card. Well, it's just, Mojo's oh. looking really good as a heel. This was a really vicious match. Sure. And Mojo did look nice and vicious. They just, he's got nowhere to go. Well, somebody really likes him backstage because they just keep, they keep doing this. They keep teasing us with it. They're get, that Mojo's going to get this push. You know, they always say that, that in WWE, especially in a wrestling in general, you always have to be ready in case someone at the top of the card falls off, gets injured or whatever. Once that slot opens up, you have to be ready. And I feel like Mojo is the bullet in the chamber waiting for a spot to open up and they're just trying to they're kind of keeping him there and waiting for something to open up and then he's going to get that opportunity and we'll see what happens it happened with elias uh it happens happened with a few people like where they just will get that shot i would say drew and i think they just they just pulled the trigger on drew on Uh, monday i hope that they continue to do so yeah uh finally there is still a tag division on monday night raw believe it or not i mean the b team won they're still the champions they did, and they beat the Ascension this week, and they are continuing to feud with the Deleters of Worlds. I'm sorry, AOP and them did not face each other this week. They will continue their feud with the Deleters of Worlds. I'm very sad to say. Yeah. However, AOP was on the show. They murdered Titus Worldwide. Of course. Took Titus out first and then just beat the crap out of Apollo Crews. Um, so, yeah, that's where the tag division is right there. That's that's all there is, is AOP is dominating, and B-Team is continuing to feud with the, with the Deleters of Worlds in a feud that's really not going anywhere and uh, doesn't let's let's take inventory the leaders of worlds b team titus worldwide aop ascension ascension right rhino and slater <laughs> so there's six teams that, and i think we're forgetting one too oh well breezango but they're obviously oh and uh revival uh, oh, eight God, poor revival so eight tag teams none of them are really like I mean, AOP, they're they not letting the them put on exciting matches. Not, well, that too. You know what I mean? Like even the B team and the, the, the leaders of worlds, they're having fine matches. And the AOP match this week was basically a squash, but we're not seeing like, can you imagine if they really took the, the, the shackles off? Remember how AOP and revival used to have matches? Hell yes. Okay. So the, the possibilities are there. They're just not letting it happen because they have other things that are bigger on raw For, with three hours. 
they can't get a tag division going. And that's crazy to me. Yeah, And it's also crazy to me that look at what's going on in the tag division on SmackDown. You've got Usos, New Day, even Bludgeon Brothers, as much as you want to make fun of their costumes, both of those guys are amazing wrestlers. Now you got Sanity. Yep. Uh, so I would, it's it's night and day difference. Like, what's going on? I don't know. I don't know if someone in creative on Raw just has it in for tag teams in general. If Vince is down on them right now, or or what's going on? I've heard rumors that Vince is down on the tag yeah. team division right now. If that's the I case, think he's on record saying that. it's showing. It's yeah. showing. But I don't get that. He he thinks they don't draw, and that's really the that's the rumor I heard. Is he believes that tag teams are not a draw? Wrong. I I and I would violent. I mean, again. He's the wrestling genius. I'm just a guy with a mic, but uh, I would disagree with that. I, you know, I think you. Can, it, it, it all depends on how you build it. My favorite wrestlers right now are heavy machinery. Take that, Vince. <laughs> uh, really, more than Braun Strowman? All right. Well, it's that's close. It. <laughs> it's close. Well, that's it for Monday Night Raw to talk about uh, some more WWE. We got to head over and talk about SmackDown Live. Well, the big part of SmackDown Live that we really want to talk about today is the, I guess we call it a funeral, funeral, a a memorial service for Team Hell No held by The Miz during a special segment of Miz TV. Man, I I know we say it all the time, but can we just restate that The Miz might be the best guy in the company right now? And I would say he's in the conversation for the best mic worker of all time at this point. Like, I, I don't want to be hyperbolic about it, but the guy is just out of this world right now on this considering where he was four or five years ago the he has upped his game so freaking much i don't know what snapped during that talking smack segment two it or was three around years that ago, time yeah but holy shit like some wire popped loose some uh, gen, uh what do you call him um not generator but uh governor like some governor got turned off in his head and it just let turned loose this amazing mic worker in the miz holy smokes he cared this whole segment it was almost 15 minutes, I believe. He carried it. He just carried the entire thing and did not stop and it talking. Could have been, it could have been goofy, didn't too. Didn't fumble, didn't stumble, didn't do anything and the it, even entire when he time. Fumbles and stumbles, I don't mind. He's actually turned some fumbles and stumbles into good TV before. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh, yeah, I, I really, I cannot say enough about so, how so damn good he is. So set the stage for me here. What what went down during this memorial service? Well, basically, he just, he just said that Team Hell No is dead and uh, Daniel Bryan is overrated. Uh, he wheeled out a cart with Kane's mask on it. There was a mannequin head with Kane's mask on it. Oh, it's creepy. Yep, and uh, <laughs> yeah, he basically basically he's kind of gloaty. He's like, I told you they wouldn't last. Yeah. Uh, you know, Daniel Bryan is just trying to stay relevant, stealing glory. The yeah. only reason he wanted to put them back together. So of course, Daniel Bryan comes out, but then they actually get physical. Like Daniel Bryan gets his hands on the Miz, um, which is great. So basically, long story short, we're seeing the Miz Daniel Bryan, which. Some people have said it's too soon. Uh, this should have been built for longer. This has been simmering for so long. They could have had like a WrestleMania uh, feud out of this. I say, no, this is the perfect time for it. And the reason is the perfect time for it is it's a high enough level feud that it feels worthy of Daniel Bryan. It's a big enough deal that people will buy in and be very emotionally invested in it because it's still hot. Daniel Bryan has just started wrestling again. Um, this has been building ever since The Miz called him out when he wasn't wrestling. And so it's only appropriate that this be one of the first things, first boxes for Daniel to tick off when he gets to wrestling again is, hey, that guy who was, you know, threatening me when I couldn't wrestle. Well, now I can wrestle, dude. What do you have to say now? Perfect. And third, behind the scenes, Daniel has not re-signed with the WWE. Yep. This is a perfect upper mid-card match to put him in so that he's not 
like if he wins, if he loses, it doesn't matter. Titles aren't involved. It's a great way to keep him relevant in the company and yet out of the title picture until they re-sign him and have him on paper as being with the company. Let's be clear. He's going to re-sign. He's, he's not going. He's anywhere. even said he's pretty much going to resign. But let's also he's be got clear. It so made. Let's also <laughs> be clear. Good business is keeping that uh, ace up your sleeve and saying I could go somewhere else. Pay me more. You know, make sure he gets a nice sweet contract by keeping on saying I might not resign. I might go do blah, 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 blah. and WWE can come with him to come to come to him with a nice sweet deal. So it's just good business to not right. confirm that he's definitely coming back. Since we had the superstar shakeup and Miz. Uh, left and went to SmackDown Live from Monday Night Raw. This has been the thing th- that I thought that was all for. We, we it might I, have been. I, I believe at that time we knew we didn't know no, but we kind of had hints that Daniel Bryan was going to ha- uh, have in-ring performance. No, again. he was he because he, he wrestled at WrestleMania, so we knew Fair. he was Fair. wrestling. So this Fair. was definitely one of the first things everyone thought about was right. Ms. Bryan, Ms. Bryan. So here we are three, four months later. Yeah. yeah. For SummerSlam, what a great SummerSlam match yeah. and feud this will be. I don't know why people are complaining about this happening too soon. I'm like, this is happening at the perfect time. It's going to be a SummerSlam this feud. This is three years in the making, yeah. if I'm being fair. We, 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 everyone was complaining, why is he fighting Cass instead of Miz? And I was like, this, Cass is just a transitional, man. Yeah. And sure enough, not only was he transitional, he transitioned his ass right out of the WWE. So it actually Cass did it, that all by himself. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So it worked out, <laughs> worked out pretty well. The big angry orange had to go somewhere yes. else. Um, uh, in other news on SmackDown, Randy Orton, heel Randy Orton is back. Holy shit. Is he ever back? Uh, he is. He came in and interrupted the the rematch between Shinsuke Nakamura and Jeff Hardy, which I liked. I, actually, they had a match for one thing, which they did not have at Extreme Rules because Shinsuke just Pinshasa Jess, uh, Jeff Hardy and then uh, Kinshasa'd him and won the U.S. championship in six seconds. Uh, but here they actually had a match and it was a pretty good match. I would actually like to see them have a real match when Jeff's healthy. He's not all messed up. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I, you know, Shinsuke looked like he was going to lose the match. And then Randy came out and beat the ever loving tar out of Jeff Hardy, including, I think one of the most cringe inducing spots we've seen recently that didn't involve a bump. There's no bump involved. Randy Orton just put his finger in Jeff's massive earlobes where he's got the, uh, the, the, plugs. the plug hole. Yeah. And Jeff always takes his, his, his plugs out of his ears before matches. Randy just put his finger right in one of those holes and just dragged him around. Oh, I was wrenching on it. I genuinely, like, I love horror movies and I love gore and I kind of laugh at that stuff. Yeah. This made me, oh, oh God. Oh, dude. Oh. Yeah. It's, I don't know anybody who wasn't cringing at this, <laughs> but that's just brilliant. Randy Orton heel work. He did some really vicious moves to Jeff. Uh, great way to write Jeff off TV while he can go, you know, rehab yeah. and recover yeah, both shoulders. He's got to get worked on, isn't it? Yeah. And then his backs, he's got, he's got numbness in his fingers. So oh, yeah, yeah, he's, yeah, he's messed up, but here's the question now. So Nakamura stays us champ. I don't really see Orton coming for the championship because that would be a weird dynamic with, super vicious Randy Orton heel versus weird, uh, sneaky Nakamura heel. No one is going to cheer for either one in that scenario. You remember how the shield used to just show up out of nowhere and just come in and beat dudes. Yeah. And you know, I, I like that for Randy. I just actually like being the guy who just shows up and like kills it doesn't people. matter who who's having a match, what titles on the line. Nothing. It doesn't. There's no, no need to be a story. Randy's just mad. He's the legend killer. He's going to come in and he's going to beat the shit out of whoever. He fi- I just want him roaming around and you're on edge, never knowing. Well, his, Randy Orton's going to come that's out. That's kind of his the gimmick is the out of nowhere thing. So right. that could really work for him is just to come out of nowhere and just whoop people up and leave. Yeah. 
uh, and I wouldn't be mad at that. Uh, you know, I, Randy, here's the thing. Backstage, Randy has long been angling to try to be a heel again. He yeah. way prefers working as a heel. And a motivated Randy Orton is a joy to watch. Yeah. An unmotivated Randy Orton is like watching paint dry. Yeah. So it's, I'm much happier. If Randy's happy, we're all happy. That's the bottom line. But the question is, who is he going to, is he going to be feuding with anybody? There's a, there's definitely not a lot of faces on SmackDown live right now. When you really break it down, there's a lot of heels, not a lot of faces. Um, does he start feuding with AJ Styles? Is I think he I think that's where they're the headed. next AJ Styles feud. Yeah, I think uh, that's where they're headed. I, well, I think there's some other possibilities that could be going for Styles as well. Speaking of AJ Styles, he did have a match this week, which came out of nowhere, and they kind of started. And it, it opened the show. It opened the show, and it started on 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 social media. Actually, is where they started like you know promoting yeah, this match. Vega. Yeah, um, started started poking at AJ Styles or AJ's something. Like, cool, you want it? Let's do it. So you had AJ Styles versus Andrade Cien Almas. To, to open the show. Um, and now almost lost clean here, which um, I, I've seen some people be kind of iffy about, especially because he didn't just lose clean. He tapped pretty quickly. I'd say to the calf crusher. Yeah. Um, I'm of two minds about this. We actually had a, a, a brief discussion about this in the Facebook group where um, as a nitpicking thing, I, you know, you could say he tapped too quickly and he did kind of tap quickly. But, you know, the other part of me, the counter nitpicking side of me uh, would say that, yes, but AJ did work over his leg a lot as from, from a psychology standpoint. Unfortunately, most of it was during the little like commercial inset thing where they have the match continuing in yeah. the corner, but there's a commercial running. That's where most of, the, of that happens. So you might have missed it. Um, the other thing is, is really at the end of the day, I, I really don't like the, the submission struggle spots. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm, I'm going to take a second to just rant on this. Okay. Where I, I don't like it when someone's in a submission and they just they hold it forever and then they're able to struggle to the ropes and get out of it. Especially with the rise of modern MMA and UFC, we've seen how proper submission moves, when they go on, tap. you tap immediately because you don't want to get injured. And there's a certain there's a certain element of in wrestling where it's like, no, he's heroically holding on his career. He may be ruining his career by this, blah, blah, blah. The problem is it's been overused so much that a lot of these submission moves have lost any meaning in terms of being actually dangerous moves. Yep. And there's a couple of submission moves that are used in the WWE that are legit, you know, Kimura locks and the so and so forth. Uh, disarmor. Right, the disarmor. And those yeah, sometimes they they tap right away and sometimes they hold on to them forever. You know what I mean? And but, then, I, but I like the attitude of of some superstars like Almas, and this is where I give him credit. You know, live to fight another day. Sure. Don't don't tear your leg up just struggling to get to a rope. That's kind of where I'm going with yeah. this. But the thing is, they need to be consistent. If they're right. going to have these submission finishers be, you know, the killers, an insta tap, or you're getting injured, then you have to cont continuously book that way. Um, if you want to have Charlotte's figure eight leg lock, for example, right? The figure four is a, is not a real submission. It will not actually hurt you. And you can't reverse the pressure by flipping over on your stomach. <laughs> it's a show move. Shh, don't, don't spoil it. But that's it. fine. It's, it's wrestling. It's a show. It looks great, okay? If you want to have people tapping to this move, they've got to tap to it consistently, you know, because there is a, a certain portion of the audience that's going to be sitting there going, all right, I know they're not really hurting in this move, but it just, it just underlines that when people can struggle out of it. Right. Um, so it needs to be consistent across the board. And then almost tapping out like this won't be an issue. It makes sense. Like, okay, that makes sense. Living to fight another day. And he looked really great in the rest of the match. It was a great showcase for him. 
people now know more who he is. Yeah, huge double knees spot uh, heading into the ring when uh, he had AJ down. That was fantastic. Uh, are we going to see more out of Styles and Almas? Was this just a precursor for down the road? Was this just a way to get Almas a little bit of shine? I think it was That's the latter. I think, it was. I think it was the last one. Yeah. Just give Almas some shine. It's not Sin Cara. It's the champion. Right. You know what I mean? Now people who didn't know who Almas was, he looks good no matter what. He, like when he wrestles, he's fantastic. And no one could look at this and not go, man, who was that guy? So well, It's funny. He might be the least known NXT champion to have come up to the main roster, uh, the least understood. If you go all the way back to, say, Kevin Owens debuting uh, and, and move forward. I mean, Zayn, Nakamura, Owens. Uh, it is bizarre they don't make Balor. a bigger deal about some people being NXT champs. I haven't heard Drew McIntyre being referred to as an NXT champ ever. He was a champ for a long time. And he was, yeah, but they don't make reference of it. Yeah. Just bizarre. Um, something else that is not bizarre. Becky Lynch's winning streak continues. Yes. Yes. Just, uh, this week she beat Mandy Rose. I believe, um, they gave her a contenders match next week against Carmella. If she beats Carmella, she gets to face Carmella for the championship at SummerSlam. Um, if she beats Carmella also next week, it'll be the longest winning streak of her entire career, including NXT. Wow. So there's, wow. there is that. Uh, I can see this happening. I can. I, I'm. I'm hoping this is happening. I'm hoping. Hoping Lynch is going to go on kind of a, you know, big rocky underdog storyline here, where she goes to face Carmella at SummerSlam. A lot of people are getting sick of Carmella. Um, she's starting to get not good heat at this point, especially with that garbage match with Oscar. Yeah, um, that turned me kind of against it, if I'm being honest. And the Ellsworth stuff is. I. I genuinely love James Ellsworth. I. I, it's a little long in the tooth for me now, him's being the sidekick of Carmella and, yeah. and them being the weasels like that. I, I, I'm not, you know, as much as I enjoy James Ellsworth, I, I just don't enjoy that as much as I want to. I want yeah. to like it. I want to enjoy it. Her screams are starting to get a little bit I still annoying. Like <laughs> okay. The, but her at, screaming at the same ref. time, it's, I think, I, so we were talking about this in the discussion group. I think this is, you know, if we're annoyed by it, mission accomplished. I think that might be the what they were going for the whole time. Oh, absolutely! Like we're like there is definitely the thought that being annoyed by something is still good heat. Yes, it is up to a point. Um, there is a certain point, especially given how see Jinder Mahal, see Jinder Mahal, <laughs> twenty seventeen. But that's the thing is like up to up to a certain point, and at a certain point, you will actually turn fans off. We're in an era now where. People are not going to keep tuning in if they're getting turned off by the show. Yeah. Um, you know, Walking Dead is a great kind of creative example that where it's an actual show show and they have written it in a way that is driving their viewers away. Yeah. Uh, Lost is another great example. X-Files. I can think of a bunch of shows where because of the writing of the show and pissing people off, they lost viewers. And, and you know, these days, sports entertainment is kind of falling into that same category. You know, Vince has gone on on record is saying he wants to be considered kind of like a, a cable TV show. Well, that's part of the downside of being a cable TV show is if you give us characters that we don't like and we can't identify with, and even looking outside of the show, like, you know, stepping back from being hundred percent invested in the show, we still don't like what you're doing with the overall story. We're, it's going to get rejected. There's 200 other channels with, yeah. with something on yeah. at eight o'clock at night. And, and you know, for all of the, the griping about Roman reigns, he still has a ton of fans and he gets a huge reaction every time he comes out. So yeah. that's, that is still working. I hate to break it to people who don't understand that. Reigns is still working. P- 
stuff like Car- the Carmella angle right now is starting to not work. And, you know, we already had the discussion about the Brock Lesnar stuff. Right. At any rate, Becky Lynch looks like she's going for Carmella at SummerSlam. I think that's a good angle. Um, I, I like the whole, the, the heat that's building under Becky Lynch. You know, she, people are, are able to get behind her really easily. So I'm curious to see where that goes. Uh, next up, we had uh, Samoa Joe basically laying waste to the perfect 10, Ty Dillinger. Oh, poor Ty. Uh, and you mentioned competitive, heel competitors to go against AJ Styles. He's, ding, 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 ding. he's the one that I would really love to see. Same. Man, I would love to see those two have a long-running program. Yeah, I don't know what the plan is now for Samoa Joe. He's just Back been... down to like lower mid-card stuff. Well, like, what he, is this but about? But he's crushing them. Oh, you know course, what I mean? He's, if he's now in kind of the heel Ember Moon zone where we don't have anything for you right now we'll just have you kill some people until we're ready for you right yeah. mojo the uh, mojo raleigh with a lot more legitimacy please don't hurt anybody <laughs> <laughs> again joe yeah um no but the, it, you know all jokes aside yes get him back into the main card as soon as possible and let him win something the dude has been looking great since he's been in wwe when he's not injured you know he's looked legit against brock lesnar he's looked legit and, and lost most of the time but he needs to win one to underline that legitimacy. Yeah, that feud last year with him and Lesnar was brilliant. Oh, it was that, brilliantly that was one of my favorite things of last year, actually. Same. Uh, next up, we had Eric Young of Sanity facing off against Kofi Kingston of The New Day. This was this was actually a better match than I expected it to be. Really? Yeah. But see, we were saying when, the, when we realized that we were first going into a Sanity New Day feud is you could have any of these guys have singles matches, and we know they're going to because that's how they build tag team feuds. Yep. They have a bunch of singles matches between all the wrestlers. And we were like, this is going to be a bunch of good matches. All these guys match up really well together. Yeah. Like This is going to be a bunch of good singles matches. And, of course, with a lot of chaos outside the ring because it's Sanity. Um, but yeah, this was the first of what I imagine will be a bunch of very entertaining singles matches. I'm looking forward to Killian Dane and Big E. I'm looking forward to to Alexander Wolf and Xavier Woods and any other combinations they come up with. Fine. I'm I'm a lot of times down on doing the whole singles wrestling thing. This is one where I'm actually like I'm kind of into it. I'm like, cool, let's see what happens. When do we get sanity up against uh the Bludgeon Brothers and you see the chaos meet the Whatever those guys are. I'm calling it now. Never. Never. Sanity would have to go face. Yeah. I, I don't see the Bludgeon Brothers and uh, Sanity meeting for quite a while, if ever. Okay. Uh, uh, well, who's up next for the Bludgeon Brothers then? Who do you got there? That's a really good question. I mean, if this is if Usos, this is the hot, I think. Usos this is the hot tag feud on SmackDown, who do we have for the Bludgeon Brothers at uh, SummerSlam? Who I, the only thing I can think of is the Usos because they're the only ones who are legit who are around. And I felt their feud with the Bludgeons got kind of got cut short. Yeah. You know no, what I mean? T- because Team Hell No. Right. Exactly. It's like we got to run with Team Hell No right now. So I have, I have a feeling the Usos might come back and be like, yo, we weren't done with you. Yeah. Let's, let's do this again. We got again. business. <laughs> that, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of business, there's some business going on with Rusev Day. Aiden English cost Rusev the match against AJ Styles. And as we suspected, they are restarting this whole idea that Aiden is on the outs with Lana specifically, but Rusev Day as a whole. Lana saying that uh, Rusev would not talk to Aiden English this week and not accept his apology. Uh, so there's some rifts forming there. Does this mean that Rusev Day breaks up and Rusev possibly finally goes face? I don't know. What I'm do, not a, I'm not completely... Here's what I do know. Lana couldn't figure out which accent she wanted to use. That's, still, that's, that's, that's been on and off the last few weeks. That's the main thing I remember. Speaking of rifts... Um, I, I think there is some internal brooding here. I think Lana turns out to be kind of the dark evil one that's poking and prodding Rusev to, Hey, you need to get rid of that. 
Aiden guy. Agreed. Um, but I, I think we, I don't know if it's going to completely flip him face because of that. It's going to keep him, unless he kicks Lana to the curb and they do some separation angle. I, I, I see this being a Lana and Rusev re-team up of the two of them coming out. You think it'll be like a three-way dynamic where you've got Aiden as the heel, Rusev as the face, and then Lana as kind of the person yeah, I mean, poking Lana both. The, Lana the heel. Lana the heel, and then Aiden's kind of the tweener. Yeah. He's like the, I, I the sim- it, sympathetic guy. I think guy. he just loves Rusev, and he's just the he's the sympathetic little, you know, borderline babyface, if you will. You know? I mean, we, we all know your affinity for Aiden English, yeah, so obviously yeah. you, you'd uh, rather course. see him be the star of this. Of course. Because let's face it, if Rusev Day breaks up, he's going back to uh, Jobberland. He's going to look like Ty Dillinger in a few a few, a few few weeks, if not oh, a few months. Oh, vaudevillains. Uh, oh, God. How far <laughs> have they fallen? Oh, boy. Not as far as uh, Enzo and Cass. No. Well, that's it for the main roster of, of uh, WWE this week, but there's Tons more we have to talk about, including listener questions, NXT 205 Live, and the G1 in New Japan. But to talk about all of that, we have to head over and talk about the wide world of wrestling. All right, well, kicking things off in the NXT, first of all, this was a pretty light week in the NXT. Uh, A couple of really hot women's matches. We had a quick knockout match with... uh, Cassius Ono. Cassius Ono. But we had two... Arguably, I mean, they're up there like video packages that those are they're great. Jesus Christ, some good video packages this week. Oh, man. really good. Yeah, it was it was very much. This is like the it felt like the last show before they really start kicking this thing in a fifth gear and heading towards uh, uh, Brooklyn. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, so it was it was a very entertaining show, even though there was it was a little light on actual in ring action. We did see Lacey Evans versus Dakota Kai uh, with Evans looking really vicious this week like she found a new level of viciousness she dialed it up another notch she did and uh kai once again doing a really good baby face job fighting from underneath um at the end of the day lacey Evans picked up the win with a gnarly woman's right uh uh punch you got knocked up but Ow. uh yes it was i i this was a great match i i like both of these women i like the fact they're both getting a lot of tv time um i think we were talking about when we were watching this is Man, who, which one, like, we don't like to think about the main roster, but that is where everyone who's in NXT is ultimately supposed to be heading. Right. You know, it's not its own brand yet. It's still developmental. Of course. I think Lacey Evans is turnkey. Uh, I don't feel that way about Dakota Kai. Right. This is what I was going to say is like, how do we think these women are going to fare on the main roster? And you're saying Lacey Evans is just plug her in and go. Yeah. And Dakota Kai is is maybe maybe not. Look at what happened to Bailey. I, I, I'm going on example, and that's, See, that's, that's where my skepticism comes. That's in. That's actually where I think that they're looking at Dakota Kai as being the Bailey that they can't screw up because she doesn't have the same kind of intense backstory that you need to get her over. Um, and there's things about Bailey's character that could be off putting, and they're remnants of her crazed fan early character. Um, and her kind of like weird, uh, how do I put it? Um, one aspect of her character is this childishness, right? This kind of silly, naive childishness. And they have used that against her on the main roster. Alexa Bliss specifically used that against her and buried her in that Bailey, this is your life segment, right? Dakota Kai doesn't have that. She's got that kind of like cute little girl next door thing going for her. Um, okay, but outside of her look, what's her background? What do we know about her? What, is, what well, does the universe know about let's her? Let's face it. She's cookie cutter baby face number one. Yeah. You know, with, with a, she's like, she's nervous. She's scared of bullies. But she doesn't have all of these other trappings that Bailey had that really dragged Bailey down. You can just have Dakota Kai show up on the main roster and be the 
hey, if you're a young girl, I'm a, I'm a role model kind of thing. And it's just, I think, plug and play. Whereas Lacey Evans, I think, has a lot more of a gimmick kind of character that is either going to work or it's not. It's I, very I there's Vince a ton McMahon. of background there, too. What's that? She ex-military. Oh, no. If you get into her actual I background. Mean, yeah. You yeah. Can, so this this is really, I think we're talking about all this to kind of set things up, but I want to kick right over to the War Raiders video package because we were talking about okay, this yeah. being, this is how you introduce new superstars to your roster. Oh, and, God, yes. And I think that that's something that NXT has really harnessed and done well over the last couple of years, especially. And it's something that the main roster could learn from. Yep. They tried to do a little bit of it with Sanity, with the little backstage segments and stuff like that, but before they ever had in ring uh, physicality. But yeah, I mean, I just, I watching that War Raiders thing today, like there were stuff that I didn't even know about those guys. Yep. All and the it time made, it they made them look progress. like badasses. Yeah. Um, well, and I, I remember watching them a lot of New Japan and them just being awesome. But here's the thing. Yeah, this is how you introduce a new faction. You don't just throw them out there like with Sanity. Here's a picture of them and their Sanity. Oh, they're crazy. They're crazy. You know what I mean? Like, give us a little bit more than that. Uh, I think Asuka was a great way to debut somebody where they would show packages of her just being a monster. And so when she showed up, people who didn't know who she was, they immediately were like, oh, she's a badass. You know, this War Raiders segment was a great example of that. And it really, there is an art to introducing a new wrestler um, to, to people who may not know who they are uh, or may not be fully aware of their history. And that, like you said, the War Raiders one was a great one. Um, I still remember them introducing Mr. Perfect. You know what I mean? <laughs> okay. That was one of the most brilliant introductory, uh, they, like they, they teased it over weeks with all of these, him like com- him competing all these different sports and just being great at it, like throwing the football to himself down the whole field, all of that <laughs> whole thing. Like the, the, the no look basketball. Uh, uh, so that's, that's the thing. They, they don't do it enough anymore. And watching this, I definitely, I flash back to that. Like, man, that is how you do it. And these guys have been on TV already. We've seen them come out and squash people. So this, and, and they did it with the mighty as well. Back when they were faces, right, uh, gave us their whole backstory, and it was also a really good one. Where I was like, "Wow, that's really cool to know about these guys." I, I love this, and and it's actually worth watching NXT this week just to see this to get behind War Raiders, who look like they're poised to go for the tag team titles. Yep, I wouldn't be surprised if we had them against Undisputed Era for the championships at Takeover Brooklyn. It's it's that seems like the only way to go. It, it would make sense, although somehow I feel like they're being held back until they're going to take the titles from them. I don't know if Undisputed's ready to lose the titles again so soon. I think they're going to keep it for That's a while, a, point. a while longer, especially because it looks like Ricochet is going to be going after Adam Cole at uh, at Brooklyn. So you can't take all their dripping gold off of them at one time. No, right? yeah. no, 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 no. They got to keep some gold to keep them cocky and keep keep a reason for them to be cocky. Yes. Uh, also, this week in other well, let's let's talk about the video packages before we get to the main event. We also had a video package where the Street Profits were playing basketball and talking about beating up the mighty. We had uh, EC3 had a great package with him where he was talking about how he's going to come for Velveteen because of Velveteen betraying him over in the UK, running um, into uh, Kona. Running to Kona Reeves, which I thought was a great idea because you have two guys who have almost the same gimmick. And this was a kind of a compare and contrast segment where you see what's up with one guy versus the other guy. Uh, Kona definitely coming across as a bit of like a, a two-bit chump in this segment compared to <laughs> EC3, who may not be the greatest wrestler in the world, but the guy can freaking talk. Yep. Uh, and it was He'll a nice feed you segment. to his cats. <laughs> He'll chew you up, spit you out, and feed you to his cats. Uh, so we may be seeing a Kona Reeves EC3 match and we may be seeing Velveteen Dream Feud coming up. We'll see what happens with all of that. 
Uh, we do have we did a pa- quick package from Velveteen Dream talking about how he's the best. It wasn't quick. It was it was beautiful though. Yeah, if, it if, was. if they keep producing his packages like that throughout his career, he'll be just fine. It's awesome production. Uh, and we did get a package for the current uh, the the what are the what do we call it? the championship feud. Tommaso Ciampa now having some beef with Alistair Black and beating him beating him up last week and gets him for the championship next week. We're going to see Alistair Black versus They're doing the championship Ciampa. match next week. Next week, dude. Holy smokes. In fact, it's already been filmed. Uh, no spoilers. Spoilers are out there. So if you no. want spoilers, you can go find them. If you want to know what's going to happen. If you don't, you'll find out next week. So it'll be a, it'll be quick. Yeah. Well, let, we were talking about this on NXT. Let's go ahead and, and throw it out there so that we're out there early with it. Um, from my perspective, I see this. I, I definitely think that Ciampa's going to take the belt somehow. Yes. I think it is going to be because Johnny Gargano can't control himself, Come yep. out, comes out and interferes in the match somehow, which causes – because he doesn't want Ciampa to get that belt at any cost. So he's going to come out and, and try to stop that, but he's actually going to call be the reason that Ciampa does get the belt, which mm. will lead to which will be the final thing that that absolutely snaps Johnny Gargano over to the dark side, mm-hmm. which will lead to Takeover Brooklyn uh, at. Uh, you think it'll be Ciampa Ciampa Gargano at Brooklyn for the title? Not a triple threat. No. Okay. Interesting. You don't think so? You th- the, here's the problem with that is that makes me feel. I think Alistair's going up really quick. You th- oh, you think he's getting called up? Oh, I think he's going up really quick. I mean, there is room for him on SmackDown. You could argue if he goes as a face, but the uh, I don't know. I think that would make him feel like too much of a transitional champ. It really would undercut his championship reign if he just loses to Ciampa and then is just out had of it for it. almost three months now, hasn't he? Since WrestleMania, not that long, and what he's only had what two defenses, and one was a kind of a mediocre match against Lars Sullivan. Yeah, but so didn't Almas and Drew before him. You know, now, Drew had it for a long time. Almas had it for a long time. They had it for long, long times. Okay. okay, this would definitely be one of the shorter reigns if he loses it to Ciampa. Honestly, I never would have put it on him. I would have just called him up. He he's so over right now. Yeah. you you cue. I tell you what, man, you open up Monday Night Raw or SmackDown with him, his the smoke and him <laughs> raising up out of there. I don't care. You could be in Corpus Christi, and that crowd is going to mark the hell out. I don't from know. That. I, I think I think that is that is your markery for him, sir. That's making you say that. Okay. Not that not that you're all wrong, but I, I don't think that he is going to be as over as all that to begin with. I think. Think it's going to take a little building but that being said um I, I i i also was just kind of like meh as him as the champion yeah. i just i don't think he needs the belt i think he's better without the belt there's a lot a lot of other things we've talked about this before in the show so i don't yeah. want to get too much into it but the bottom line is yeah there's some interesting developments that could be happening over the next couple of weeks stay tuned on nxt but we did also have a women's triple threat for the number one contendership for the NXT champion, the women's championship. This was originally a fatal four-way last week. That's correct. It was supposed to include Bianca Belair, and we were both kind of confused when the show just started, and they're like, it's a triple threat match. We're like, what? What? I was checking my notes from last week. Uh, Yeah, it's a triple threat now. Kyrie saying Nikki Cross and Candice LeRae. Uh, Bianca Belair, we're not sure. They are saying she has a back injury. But uh, she did get married last week. Yeah, we and don't know if that's of, a legit uh, or if it was just she was actually on her honeymoon back during, injury the or honeymoon during, the, during the tapings. <laughs> but I don't know why they would promote it as a, as a four way one week if they'd already had it pre taped. It's it's strange. Right. So, yeah, I'm not sure. I, I don't know when this show was taped. I haven't been able to figure that out. I'm trying. I, I tried to research it. Uh, so I don't I can't really put two and two together as far as how that sure. goes. But uh, yeah, it could have been. Her honeymoon. It could be legit back injuries keeping her out for a little bit. I don't know. Either I, way, I, I got to be honest though. I didn't miss her during did this not match. Miss her. I didn't miss her this match. <laughs> this match was gangbusters. 
these three women left it all in the ring. It was fantastic, you know, with with uh, uh, near falls and big moves and hard hitting moves and crazy Cross combinations. Given the uh, draping neck breaker, swinging neck breaker off the apron, off the apron to the outside. The Candice LeRae with a couple of beautiful uh, lion salts. Lion salts, yeah. Um, yeah, really fun match. But ultimately, Kyrie Sane dropping the big elbow onto Candice, who was trying to pin Nikki for the one, two, three. Kyrie Sane is going to face Shayna Baszler at at uh, Brooklyn, which I think is a good call because she's the only woman to have beaten Baszler. She beat her in the Mae Young Classic. Um, that means that if Baszler beats her, it does establish her so much more as a top champ. Yep. Um, and if Kyrie beats Shayna, then great that's fine that's that's a perfect evolution of her character as well great matchup i think that's a good choice i also think that if gargano was going to win the championship it's at brooklyn which i'm now not 100 percent convinced that he will i think they're holding off on candace winning it uh until they can both win at the same time i think that might have been what they were going for originally i don't know but uh yeah so they didn't go with candace on this one but, yeah, i don't think uh, johnny will win it at, at uh, brooklyn either Think I think so. that, I think the match will exist. I, I, I don't think, think it'll win it though. I think we keep we keep saying we keep thinking they're going faster with the Gargano Champa feud than than they are, and they keep slowing it down on us, which is awesome. I could not be more happier with how they're booking that whole feud. I'm, I'm pretty sure we've said this will last all year. Yeah. Oh no, we did. It's we one said, of those I fight hope, forever. Kind we of said things. I hope this lasts all year, yeah. and then we thought it was over after the first match, and we're like, oh no, it's still back on, and it just keeps going and getting better and better. And better. All right, quick question. Does this top KO and Sami Zayn and their storied history uh, with like friends breaking up and all that stuff, do in we see a point of, of longevity? Does this continue on when they both inevitably end up on the main roster? In do- terms of overall like history, Kevin and Sami is definitely better because sure. they've got 10 years of fighting each other. But in terms of just taking a, a year and a half of story, this is far superior. In terms of just the level of intensity, the audience involvement, like they did, they did a great job with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. But also, as far as building it on the main roster, they blew it off at Battleground in a great match, but they didn't put a whole lot behind it. Yeah, they're putting everything in NXT behind this. And if Ciampa wins the the belt, there you can you cannot say that they're not putting everything in NXT behind this feud. If the only way for Kevin and Sami in the WWE alone. To have come close to this is if they'd had the any any kind of belt get involved in their feud, and they didn't even they weren't even close to a belt with their feud. They all they, a lot of times they forgot that they were a feud until they feuded again. So absolutely, uh, Champa and Gargano is a, is a better WWE feud. Yeah, this goes on. This continues to go on. I don't think this is going anywhere anytime soon. And we've been calling it for over a year now that this was going to be the feud of 2018, and it has turned out to be. I mean, I we we kind of kind of called that Gargano was going to go to the dark side there, but we yeah. didn't know how dark he was going to go. I think he's got more to go. I, I think, think he's got more. I think I, he's on a descent. I think. Like, the, yeah, I think the match uh, next week may be the that may be where well, we we'll, see him. We'll come back and see over. next week. We we haven't read any uh, spoilers, so we don't know if that's a case. So no one. Spoil it for us. Nobody spoil it. No spoilers. If you put actually, if you put any spoilers in the Facebook discussion group, please make sure to tag spoilers yeah. out of respect for everybody else who might not want to know just yet. Uh, that being said, we need to move over to 205 Live. Uh, that was another good uh, show this week. Nothing to, nothing to jump out, but it was very entertaining. We had a good match between TJP and Noam Dar. It's a rematch of uh, Noam Dar's really quick win over TJP. This one. TJP going after Noam Dar's bum leg and picking up a win. 
Uh, we also saw Drew Gulak squash some poor guy named Danny Garcia murder the guy. And then afterwards calling out Cedric Alexander. And then we also saw a match between Leo Rush and Akira Tozawa, which was very entertaining. It was a lot of, of fun. A lot of fun. Very entertaining, fast-paced, uh, high-energy moves, as you would expect from both of these guys. Leo Rush picking it up with an absolutely insane, insane Rob Van Dam-esque frog splash. Like He put his arms like he could, he could have scratched the back of his head. Like they oh, went yeah. all the way underneath and like, all, wow. Almost did the splits of his legs. Wow. Crazy, crazy frog splash uh, to pick up the win there. The big news from this week is that they set up a fatal four-way for the number one contendership next week. Cedric Alexander still your champion, but he will face the winner of Hideo Itami, TJP, Drew Gulak, and Mustafa Ali, which happens next week on 205 Live. I'm going to call Gulak on this. I'm not sure why Atami's still in the hunt here. I'm not sure why Ali is still in the hunt. Well, he Ali beat uh beat um uh Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy, Alexa's boyfriend. Yep. <laughs> um TJP beat Noam Dar this week. I you know, Gulak in this is the one that stands out to me as the guy who needs to have a run at Cedric and possibly take it off of him. I think uh two out of those four guys it's not going to be a Tommy. It's not going to be a Lee. They, they had their chance. We're past them, I think, at this point. It comes down to me for Gulak or TJP. TJP has only been kind of relevant again for about a month now with his whole new heel angle brilliant, that he's doing. Brilliant. But Cruiser it is great. so good. good. So good. But Gulak has been there for the long haul, and I agree with you. I think Gulak's going to yeah. He makes more chance. sense. He's got a little stable going with, with Gallagher and uh, the Brian Kendrick. Yep. Um, he's been murdering dudes. He's been ready for a long time to be the champ. I think they've rehabbed him from being kind of the goofy corporate guy into the goofy corporate guy who can kill you. Yeah. Um, so I think he, I definitely think he's ready to go up and take it from Cedric and 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 put him in the dragon sleeper and tap him out. My only question comes up is like, why is Hideo Itami even in this if if he lost his opportunity? Because he needs respect. Oh, okay. And, you know, they respect him. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, moving over. Now it's time to have some fun. Oh. That's, a, that's it for the WWE stuff. Uh, uh, not that that wasn't, not that WWE is not fun. Just want to make that clear. <laughs> Weekend number one. Oh, man. Of the G1 Climax. The first four nights. It, it is underway, folks. Uh, oh, man. Behold the marathon of Japanese wrestling. Good God. <laughs> it is underway for the next uh, six weeks. There's like, there's two times a year where I do these crazy marathons of things. In, in, in October, I watched 31 horror movies, one for each day. Yes. And in July, I watched the G1. <laughs> And, you know, every show is like, because I try to watch the tag matches, too, because they do a lot of storytelling in the tag matches before they do these singles matches, which is like four hours of each one. And it's <laughs> it's so much wrestling. But that being said, it's so good. And if you're not into New Japan already, this is the best time to get into it because you get introduced to so many of the major characters. Um, and, and the storylines that will launch them, you know, for the rest of the year leading to Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah. So. And the storylines are really clear and their characters are really clearly defined in the G1, you know, where sometimes they can be a little bit more ambiguous. No, you know who they are in the G1. Like they're even if it's just that dude's the badass guy who does that one thing. It's, it's defined. Like I had somebody you know say to me the other day, uh, they didn't want to watch uh, Japanese wrestling because they didn't speak Japanese and, and they didn't, they didn't know that there were English commentators. This is the first year that the G1 is completely being trans, uh, transmitted with English commentary before okay. it's only been like the, the first episode, and the last couple episodes have been English commentary. 
This year, they've got Kevin Kelly and Don Callis and Rocky Romero nice. on every show. Nice. And it's awesome because they're doing a great job at giving you the through lines and calling the moves and, and really you know doing a great job at it. Yeah, the commentary is great when you can get it in English, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. I have been heads down doing some crazy stuff, getting ready for next week, but I'm looking forward to seeing this. And I love the, I love the passion of the Japanese commentators. They're, as far as passion and knowledge, they're, they're superior. Yeah. Um, but yeah, if you want to have everything like clear, yeah, English commentary. Is, is, and it's great now. They, they've actually they found their stride. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's look at the current sta- uh, standings. Uh, in A block with four points, we've got Michael Elgin, Togi Makabe, and Jay White. Yeah, let me, were, let me, let me pull up my, some of the, I got to pull up my G1 spreadsheet here. Hold on a second. Nerd. <laughs> you, have a, you have a spreadsheet? I have a, a G1 mm, spreadsheet here. <laughs> <laughs> Winners and losers. <laughs> who has beaten whom? Yeah. No. <laughs> it's a, dude, that's how the G1 is. It's like, unlike WWE, where they have pushed aside the kind of the whole sports thing of it, there's very much of like a sports uh, bent to New Japan, where you can look at stats, you can look at win loss records, and they mean something. And there is kind of a sports nerd aspect to it that's a ton of fun. Okay, so like win loss records, who beat who, who beat who matters in Japan. For example, uh, you know, it, 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 Juice Robinson got beat by Tamatonga. Well, that means at some point later this year, Tamatonga is now owed a a shot at uh, Juice Robinson's U.S. title. Interesting. You know okay. what I mean? Like last year where Kazuchika Okada got beaten by, by Kenny Omega. That meant Kenny Omega had a shot at Kazuchika Okada's... Or no, Evil. Sorry. Evil beat Kazuchika Okada. And so that meant Evil, ha- like later on in October, had a match with, with Kazuchika Okada because he'd beaten him at the G1. For the championship. For the championship. Right. So it, it's... Things do matter. Every match. Stakes. Yes, there are what, stakes. What, what's the word I always say? So stakes. go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry, sir. I had to, had to pull up my uh, my information here. Okay, <laughs> well, bring it down the A block. At the top, with four points, you've got Michael Elgin, Togi Makabe, and Jay White. What are some of the highlights that got those guys into the top of the block? Uh, it's kind of interesting that Elgin and Makabe come out uh, strong this early, but that's not unusual with go- with, uh, with the booking of New Japan. Is you got guys who will fall apart later coming out. I actually suspect Elgin's going to end up kind of in the mid-range in terms of points and Makabe possibly as well. But there's coming out of the gate strong. Uh, Jay White is doing his like the most incredible heel work right now. As someone who I was down on three months ago, his match at the at the Cow Palace and then the work he's doing here, he has absolutely found his stride as a just slimy asshole heel. He's doing great work. <laughs> the The ref, Red Shoes, the ref, he's having like a mini feud with him. Oh, where he wow. keeps messing with red shoes in the ring and like accidentally hitting him or like pulling him out of the way or whatever. And it's fantastic. And and Jay White has picked up some big wins, including a win over Kazuchika Okada uh, and Tanahashi. So he's beaten like two of the big guys so far with really huge wow. moves. So that's, that's that's what catapulted him up into. So that a win gets him four. two points. A win gets you two points. A tie gets you one. Gotcha. Uh, loss, obviously, zero points. Zero. So that is why after two matches, Jay White has four points. Um, and right now, he's poised to have probably the biggest breakout uh, G1. Him and Hangman Page are kind of like the ones everyone's talking okay. about is having a big breakout one. Gotcha. Well, next up with two points, we've got uh, Evil, uh, Hangman Page, Bad Luck Fale, and Hiroshi Tanahashi. Now, what are some of the highlights of, apparently, these guys, have they had two matches and they've just won one, lost one? That's correct. They've okay. got one win, one loss, all, all of these guys. Uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi, uh, as we mentioned, lost to Jay White when Jay right. White cheated like a dirty bastard. Uh, Bad Luck Fale beat Okada, which is crazy. Uh, Hangman Page has a win and a loss. He lost to uh, Elgin, Michael Elgin. 
um, which was a, well, I thought a pretty good match. And then uh, Evil also one win, one loss, also losing to Michael Elgin. But uh, these guys are all, I think, very much in it for the long haul. I think Paige is going to, like I said, I think he's the one who's going to have a pretty good run and impress some people in this. Yeah. Tanahashi, you can never count out. It's Tana freaking Hashi. Right. As we always say, the John Cena of New Japan. Uh, Fale is always just there to play spoiler. You know, he's part of the kind of anti-Bullet Club right now. The Tongans have all right. split off. So he's there to just spoil anything for Bullet Club. Um, but the real story is the people that have zero points. Yes. Uh, K- Kazuchika Okada is probably the biggest of those. What the hell is going on with Kazuchika Okada? Yeah, the three guys with zero points. Minoru Suzuki, who uh, had two matches that he almost won and just lost at the end by, by taking a bunch of finishers, um, which is fine. He'll be fine in this. He's not going to win it. He's just going to have a strong showing. Um, Yoshihashi is working, quote, injured. He's got just tape all over his back. So that's fine. Kazuchika Okada, as you say, that's the big story. He's a guy. He's he, he was champ for two years, and it's like he's <laughs> it's like he is falling apart. He's having a mental breakdown right now, and it's it might be the thing that fascinates me most in all of wrestling is if there's anything that that proves that he is if not the then in the argument for one of the top three greatest wrestlers in the world, it's the fact that he is so good that he is able to wrestle as though he's forgotten how to wrestle or he's just you know having a breakdown and is not at his best he's coming out acting like it's very subtly acting like he might be drunk he's coming out with like these kind of half inflated balloons like he's just losing his mind oh my god it's it's fascinating to watch and it's not overdone to a cartoonish point but it's done just enough where you're just like what's is something wrong with okada is he okay and then he keeps losing matches and he's like, it's obvious he's not okay. There's something wrong. And it might just be the coolest thing in wrestling. Where do you right see now. this playing out for him? I mean, is this going to be something that wraps up with the G1 or is this going to carry on? It's New Japan. This is going to go all year. Yeah. Okay. You know, this is going to be a long term story with Okada losing the belt and then just not knowing what to do with his life and <laughs> just having a slow, inevitable breakdown. I'm curious to see how far he, how strung, far down he goes Strung out on smack on the streets of Tokyo. Yeah, just, like how yeah. far down are they going to go with this? Who's he going to continue <laughs> to lose to? Like, obviously he's still going to face Suzuki Tanahashi, um, you know, other guys who you could see him losing to, but does he lose to Yoshihashi who's injured? Does he lose to, Togi Makabe, whose best days are arguably behind him. Right. You know what I mean? What happens? Evil beat him last year. Elgin is on a roll. Okada could go with almost no wins in this G1, and that would be that such would be the story epic, of the tournament. It would be absolutely. It would be wow. like the, one of the biggest guys in the in the, the whole of New Japan falling apart. That would be a hell of a story, and it looks like that's where they're going right now. Well, let's head over and jump at the uh, B block because there's some interesting stuff happening over here, too. Uh, at the top with four points, two wins, you've got Kota Ibushi and Kenny Omega. Yeah. Interesting. But not surprising. I think everyone's kind of calling it to come down. They, The two of them have their match together where they, they finally meet up is going to be the last night of the G1 before the finals. Gotcha. So it's pretty much everyone's assuming these two are going to just run riot over B block and end up tied and having to see who goes to the finals the night before the finals. Uh, that doesn't mean that they're slacking off, though. They've um, Kenny Omega versus Tetsuya Naito, which is a rematch of last year's final, right. was the, inarguably the best match so far of these four nights. I can imagine. It was absolutely epic. Uh, and that was the first match of B block. First night of B block was was that match. They just came out the gate hot. 
But I, I don't think anyone's questioning that it's going to be, that's going to come down to that. You might see Tetsuya Naito also tie and be in that, but everybody else is just going to is just here to try to, you know, have storyline. I have hopes for speaking of Naito. So let's do the second uh, rung, which is two points, one win, one loss. Hiroki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Tetsuya Naito, Zack Saber Jr., Sonata, and Tama Tonga, all yeah. with two points currently. So what I was going to say there is, uh, I would love uh, Naito since last year's G one has been kind of on a downfall. Absolutely, and I would love to see him have a really strong G one and kind of come back from that. I, I could see, a, I could see it be a redeeming year from last for him. year, redemption yeah. tour, uh-huh. yeah. Sort of thing. So I'm I'm hopeful for Naito. He, uh, he's the one I'm kind of secretly pulling for, even though I think Jay White might be the sneaky surprise yep. of this year's tournament. Uh, but I'm kind of rooting for Naito to get I, it back. I, I think I think White might sneak out something here too. Uh, Naito, I think though he may take advantage of of Ibushi and Omega uh, having to face each other, and the yeah. fact that you've got Tamatanga in this block, and he's going to play a spoiler as a member of a bullet club, the Bullet Club who's breaking away and trying to take out Kenny Omega or Kota Ibushi. So I could absolutely see Tamatanga playing spoiler here. He, you know, Everyone's still in the hunt. It's still really early going, uh, but Tamatanga is definitely using a lot of, uh, shall we say, shady tactics. He's got mm. his brother Tonga Loa outside the ring all the time. They had a, he had a match with Juice Robinson. Uh, Juice working, quote-unquote, injured with his broken hand that's still broken thanks to Jay White. So he he has zero points right now, um, alongside Toru Yano. But Tor- which you know, okay. Well, real. Quick, I'm very I'm- surprised Juice Robinson has zero points. I'm not surprised Toru Yano <laughs> has zero points. <laughs> uh, you shouldn't be surprised with Juice again. He's working injured. I think that's going to be his excuse, quote unquote, okay. for this G1. Toru Yano's excuse is that he came out of the press conference before all of this and said he was going to try to work clean. If you know, <laughs> if you know New Japan at all, Toru Yano basically never does not cheat. Yeah. His all his moves are illegal moves. <laughs> so he I love I, that that's his gimmick. That's his gimmick. And his whole thing this year was he's gonna try to to be honorable and wrestle every match clean. And so far he's gotten through about half both of his matches clean and then has just resorted to cheating again yeah. and, and lost as a result. <laughs> it's been a lot of fun. Um but, but that being said, no, the real story in B block is what had to do Ibusha and Omega Omega. Ibushi and Omega implode. Does Tamatanga play spoiler, and does Naito take advantage of that? I'm never going to let you let down. You said Omegi. Omegi. Kenny Omegi. Ibusha and Omegi. Keno Omegi? That's weird. Uh, all right, so that is the current standings of the G1. When does Is it only on weekends? When can people watch if they're interested? Give us some updates. So there. I actually finally broke down during Amazon Prime week or whatever it was, day, and bought myself one of those fire sticks. Nice. And, and it's actually really awesome. They've got a ton of wrestling apps on there that I that I downloaded. They're hidden as hell, but yeah. they're in there. Uh, and one of them is the New Japan World app. And it is the best way to watch this. It's better than having to hook my computer up to my TV, which yes. is what I have been doing. Uh, it's way better. Uh, it, you can just click right to it. You can see really clearly English commentary or not. They'll show you the days that it's playing, uh, et cetera. So, no, they're on a break right now. I believe it picks up again tonight, and then we'll run for a couple days. We'll take a couple days off, move to Newtown, et cetera, et cetera. But it does run through to the end of the month and into the first week of August. So there's a lot more to come. I mean, we're, we're again, we're only two matches in, uh, in on each block, and we've got a ton more to yes. go. Like I think seven more matches each per block, and then the finals. Wow. 
It's time for uh, the G1. Oh, boy. Uh, a lot of wrestling. Uh, continuing on Lucha Underground, uh, last night's episode. I've not seen it yet because I just, you know, iTunes, you don't get it till the next day. Uh, but we do have some notes here. Pentagon retained. Yep, he beat Cage as we said he would. It was a nice brawl. He tried to break Cage's arm afterwards. Cage powered out of it. So basically kind of went down the way that you would expect. But Pentagon did retain. We are going to be seeing the Gift of the Gods match next week. Yes. Uh, finally determine who the basically kind of who the next contender is going to be for Pentagon or who's going to be able to call their shot at the title. Um, but uh, that being said, it was overall, it was, it was a pretty good episode this week, but nothing crazy happened like there was no sacrificing of Masquerita Sagrada this week which I'm still disturbed yeah. like, wildly disturbed by no, no rabbit um, tribe yet although our boy Desmond Xavier showed up in a big a little cameo role oh, yeah nice. Desmond X that was kind of cool nice. so that was a, that was a cool little note from Lucha Underground this week uh, speaking of Desmond Xavier you and I sir and a couple of lovely ladies got the chance to go and see PWG three Mendes in downtown Los Angeles this week, uh, sitting up in the BWO box seats Yes, as we will, will hopefully be continuing to do. Uh, it was actually, it was a fun, really fun night. Nothing too major. I wouldn't say happened. Uh, no title changes or anything like that, but there were two titles on the line. The tag titles and the main title did get put on the line, uh, which was a lot of fun. Let's uh, run down the card and, and what, what happened. Quick run down the card. Yep. Yeah, we had David Starr versus uh, Dalton Castle. This is being misreported, by the way. A few places have said that uh, Dalton Castle defeated David Starr. That's not true. We were there. David Starr did submit Dalton Castle in a match that I thought went a little bit too long yeah. because Dalton is very obviously legitimately injured. The dude can barely move and he can barely take a bump. And I felt awful for the guy. He's got some uh, spinal problems, back problems, right? I think he's got a fractured back. Yeah, Ugh. it's it's bad. But why um, is he wrestling? And I'll match this long. Like they, this ended with David Starr basically, you know, tapping him out because he's injured. You could have done that in like five minutes less time, yeah. and it would have been way less uncomfortable. Uh, David David did go for a crazy tope uh, con Hilo at one point that was looked a little dangerous. But yeah. Uh, yeah, that was not the match of the night. That was kind of the most awkward match of the night. The it next got match was match of the night. The next match was arguably match of the night. Uh, Ray Horace. Uh, beat Pentagon Zero M, Pentagon Junior, Pentagon Dark, whatever you want to call him. Uh, he beat him like in this match, which was very surprising, but a great just like lucha style match. Um, Even the crowd got into the lucha chance. Big time. Uh, I mean, you could talk not. about flying out of the ring and all kinds of crazy such stuff. An ex- such an exciting match. So yeah. the highlight of the of the night, and I have to tell this for the people that weren't there because you probably won't see this. May, might see it on the DVD if you get it. They're twenty bucks on the PWG website. Uh, at one point during this match, Pentagon goes over to a lady uh, sitting ringside oh, dear in the God, corner right? and takes her uh, alcoholic beverage, her mixed drink that she has, takes a throws some on his face, and then in an effort to try and in a to, in an attempt to try and throw it at Ray Horace, hits her in the face with this entire drink and she is completely drenched with what looked like vodka soda. I want to say that actually that Horace took it from him and he's the one that threw it because she was going after Horace for the rest of the night trying to get her, no, him Pentagon. to buy her a drink. She was going after Pentagon. Well, she, she was going after someone trying to get her to, him to buy her a drink back and tell him that she was soaked. And her, Even after they're done with the match, yeah. they're, they're, they're resting off to the, as they, after they've counted one, two, three, she's Man. up on the other side of the ring saying, are you, one of you bastards going to buy me another? Cause they're $15. Yeah. You know, they're almost as expensive as the damn tickets. Yeah, well, it's so. very much real to her now. Yeah. Uh, oh there was Jeff Cobb. He, he beat Joey Janela um, in, a, in a fun match. Yeah. The, the highlight of the match was this absolutely insane superplex where I, we didn't think that he was going to be able to get Joey up 
and Joey was just sitting there at like a 45 degree angle and it was like, someone's going to fall and die here. And somehow, somehow Joey and he worked it out to weight share or whatever it was to get Joey up and over an absolutely incredible look. It looked like an amazing strength spot. I love Jeff Cobb. Yeah. I just, I just, I can't not get, I can't get enough of that dude. Yeah. Smells really nice too. Uh, then of course the big kind of, uh, highlight match, the young bucks showed up to, uh, to face the champions, the tag champions, the rascals, including Desmond Xavier, uh, and Zachary Wentz too sick for you. Uh, this was really fun because the young bucks brought a psychology book, uh, called how psychology works, apparently given to them by Kenny Omega. And the first part of the match was basically them trying to use psychology and not high spots and super kicks, right? It didn't work out well for them. No. They are not supposed to wrestle that way, and they figured that out. And then we had a great match for the second half of the match. Uh, I think this was match of the night because of the kind of the fun way they led into this, and then it became a real Young Bucks match. They did lose at the end, uh, but of course, of course they did. Oh well, yeah, <laughs> they've got to go. They've got to go back. They don't need more titles. Yeah, but uh, but yeah, this was a really fun match as you would expect. Uh, although no one seems to know how to throw streamers in downtown Los Angeles. Right. I, don't, I don't know. Uh, we also had uh, Ray Phoenix. Didn't you guys ever toilet paper trees? You know, that's, that's the exact same concept. Anyway, only Japanese. Right. Uh, Ray Phoenix beat Trevor Lee, uh, which was I'd not surprising. Phoenix is just one of the most beautiful wrestlers in the world. I mean, in terms of his technique, it's yeah. just it's gorgeous. It's so gorgeous to watch this guy. Trevor Lee's no slouch either. I thought it was interesting. That Trevor Lee was using this whole like, oh, I'm going to impact thing when most of these guys are actually on impact TV right now. <laughs> So that it didn't really work, but it was a, it was a nice fun match. Uh, Matt Riddle beat Marty Skrull, powered out of a chicken wing, uh, and Marty after Marty broke his toes, and uh, oh. and uh, then uh, gave him a some sort of submission, like a twister submission of some sort. Yeah, um, th- yeah, it was fun. It's Marty Skrull and Matt Wait, Riddle. How did he break it? We have to explain. Matt Riddle wrestles barefoot. In yes. case you didn't know, yes. Uh, by the way, if you ever see a match with either Matt Riddle or Marty Skrull, it's going to be good. Yeah, period. It was fantastic. Uh, last but certainly not least, it was the Haas match of the night for the PWG Championship. Walter facing off against uh, Brody King. I don't know if you can call this a Haas match or just a who can take more pain match. Yeah. It was just they who can the s- shit out of each other. Crap. It's what you'd expect. It's a Walter match. <laughs> um, we actually had a brief encounter uh, with with Brody before the whole thing. Uh, we were, we were getting, uh, some, some plugs from everybody. And, and I guess Brody's, uh, when asked, Hey, you're going to win tonight. Brody responded. We'll see. Like just was just apparently was terrified. Like just kind of like, Oh God, here we go. Uh, Tonight's going to suck. Yeah. And I could see why. I mean, Walter's known for beating the crap out of you. Brody got his own into Walter's chest was black and blue by the end of this, but Walter does retain Uh, Brody, by the way, what the title was not on the line. That's what he gets for tearing up Sammy Guevara's chest. He tears up everybody's chest. That's true. That's true. Uh, The the title was not on the line before this match, but Brody King did challenge Walter. Walter ended up putting the title on the line. Everyone was rooting for Brody to take it, but Walter did retain here. So we will see when Walter finally relinquishes the title. We do have battle of Los Angeles coming up in just a scant month and a half. Well, let's head over and do our patron listener questions. All right, we got a few in today. Uh, Thank you very much. We're transitioning from, as I said at the top of the show, and as you guys might have heard, I'll explain this more. Uh, We are transitioning from doing it in the Facebook discussion group, mainly because there were so many, and we wanted uh, you guys... Which is a wonderful problem to have. I loved answering them. Yes. 
but when we get to the point where we're spending 30 minutes of the show going through listener questions, that's one of those things where we, oh, we, we just, we can't do it. So what we decided to do was give you the lowest tier possible on Patreon and allow you guys, which many of you are already on at this point. Uh, but that's, those are the questions. That's where we're going to kind of corral the questions. Yeah. And, and then we also have some, some things that we're working on yeah. as well. Like we definitely want to have, when we start, we're going to be going live in two weeks on the show. As we mentioned, um, there will be some, some live Q and a sometimes, uh, especially, you know, for the, the, with priority for Patreon subscribers. Right. Uh, and then also we will hopefully be able to do some additional content that will be, uh, as, as we go forward and get more Patreon subscribers yep. and that, that, uh, that some of that extra content will be like mailbag shows right. and stuff like that. And really be able to spend some more time with these questions as opposed to putting these at the end of the show. But we do still want to have some on our flagship show. So let's go ahead and take the ones that we got this week. Yes. Go ahead, Nick. Uh, Babash chimed in and said, do you guys think Roman Reigns is going over Lashley this upcoming week and that ex- then that that Extreme Rules match was just a way of cooling him down before the prophecy of Roman Reigns <laughs> conquering the beast finally comes true this SummerSlam? I feel like we already answered this uh, question. We kind of did, but let's let's just address it again yeah. more cleanly. Let's yeah. let's say that uh, it, yes. I think that there's a possibility that it could be a triple threat and that would be kind of a one way to get it off Lesnar is is uh, to have Lashley and Reigns figure out the finish of the match at SummerSlam. We're, it also, it's it's totally possible it could be Lashley against Lesnar at SummerSlam. Um, I'm not 100% convinced. Stretched. I'm I'm not 100% convinced that they're going to go with Reigns again. I'm really wow. not. I'm really not. That being said, uh, if it is, as we said earlier, if it's Reigns-Lesnar, let's rip the Band-Aid. Please. Yes. If it so, yes to your question, Bosch, I believe that everything that you say here is exactly true. That the yeah. reason they put Lashley over Reigns at Extreme Rules was so that Reigns could get it back at the end of this triple threat thing. Number one contender. I'm not. What I'm not convinced of yet is that it's going to be uh, just. Uh, singles match exactly. Reigns Lesnar I think uh, Lashley is going to figure out a way to get in there and we end up with a triple threat for the title where Lesnar doesn't get pinned let's put it this way uh, the, what B. Bosch describes here would be from what we're seeing now and what we've seen from WWE history would be the most logical thing to happen right. next hopefully there will be a wrinkle to keep it interesting but even if the most basic logical premise is what happens and that is Reigns versus Lesnar again at SummerSlam. Yay. Let's just hope. Let's all hope collectively together that Reigns finally freaking beats him and we can just start moving on to the next phase, the next chapter. Everybody bring your Vuvuzelas to uh, to Brooklyn this year <laughs> for that match and just blow them out. It's going to get crapped on so much in that town. Thank uh, you very much, Bosch, for your patronage and for the question this week. Uh, we'll see you next week for another one. Andy Nelson, our boy Andy Nelson, chimed in with the second question. Uh, do you guys think... Kevin Owens will ever be in the main event picture again, or is he going to be stuck in the Miz limbo status of quote, great company heel who is just there to get guys over. There's two aspects of this. I want to talk about. And one of them is that to just directly answer the question is, yeah, it's possible that he'll be back in there again. He's kind of on a bit of a downswing right now, but I have a feeling he'll be back. I don't know if he'll ever be like main event, main event facing Goldberg and the Universal Champion again. I don't know. I don't. I, I, that's seems to be if he is, it's going to be a long ways away. But let me say, like being the Miz, being the great company heel who is kind of the upper mid card. That's a great place to be 
That's for a, him specifically. It, for it kind of anyone. It fits him perfectly. Dude, look back over who has been in that slot over the last 30, 40 years. That is a great slot to be in. Yep. Uh, you, you know, you want to be Ted DiBiase? You, you know... You want to be, uh, let's, I'm trying to think of Throw like a Heenan in there if you want to. Oh, uh, I'm trying to think of like the attitude era. Who would be in that, in that slot oh. as like kind of the secondary, like a Ken Shamrock or something oh, yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Like, uh, even triple H for a while was definitely in that slot before he started getting himself over with Mick Foley. Um, you know, kind of maybe like a Ziggler, uh, for a while there, you know, that's, that's a great slot to be in. Yeah. So, Yeah. Uh, and uh, you know maybe like an iron sheik you could say where it's he's kind of always like in or out of the main event scene that's not a bad place to be in at all it's way better than being the disposable guy who let me put it this way it's a better position than what rusev is going through oh yeah you know what Big i mean time so if that's if that's kevin owens's role if that's what he is in the company a lot of people have this perception that you have to be the number one guy in the company or you're nothing or you have to be getting these huge pushes or you're nothing and there's definitely you know, a lot of wrestlers who've come out and said, look, if I'm on TV, it's a good thing at this point. And yeah. Vince would tell you that to them not, not looking for the brass ring and old school wrestlers would be like, no, you got to politic and make yourself, make yourself the number one guy. But it's really not how the company works anymore. You know what I mean? You can step on toes so easily. And it's, it is kind of easy to, if not coast, then at least find your level, find your role and stick to that. And there's, you know, there's safe security and benefits and everything else to doing that. Just collecting a nice paycheck, knowing your role, and just getting it done. Yeah. There's, so, there's two forms of Kevin Owens that I've seen that I really liked. One of them was um, the really just dominating, vicious Kevin Owens that we saw. I miss him. Especially at the end of NXT, his NXT run coming up to the main roster. I really like that Kevin Owens. But there's part of me that really likes this, what we're seeing, this almost victimized chicken shit heel sort that's going on with Braun Strowman right now. I'm not going to lie. Bullying I've, angle aside. Yeah. I... But, I but I, I'm enjoying that side of Kevin Owens as well. So either one of the... Do I think he needs to be in the main event picture? No. Do I think he... Right now, what's with what's around him, does he need that red belt on him? No. I don't think he needs a title at all. No, I don't I think, think he's so. that good that he doesn't need a title. He's entertaining every week. He's, yeah. he's completely dependable. That's why they paid him the big money and kept him around for five years. Yeah. Like He is dependable. They're always going to have a role or a spot for him, and he's going to be good at it. The dude is a fantastic worker. When they let you headbutt... Vince McMahon on live television, <laughs> you're you're in good shape. That's like his most iconic moment on the main roster yeah. so far, isn't it? Yeah. Which is which is beating Cena well, opening match. Probably. Yeah, but I, but still, Vince is like the iconic moment. Yeah, right. Oh, yeah. I mean, and that's um. There's there's arguments. There's ups and downs with it. It's that festival of friendship. You know what I mean? Those are his iconic. And losing to Goldberg in five seconds, but <laughs> but like that's there's something to be said for that. So I wouldn't move either if I got jackhammered by Goldberg. I'm just saying. <laughs> uh, Andy, thank you very much for your question. Uh, that is it for this week. We had just two this week. But our first week doing Patreon yes. questions. Thank you Transitioning. very much, guys. We, we know it's a bit of a change and a yep. bit of a transition. Thank you, everyone, for bearing with us. We hope you understand why we're doing it this way. Yes. Uh, it's just a way for us to keep this show going and growing as well. Um, and so it's, it's, it's our way of facilitating that to happen and thank you for your continued support 
and ongoing support in the future. Yes. Uh, well, as we do normally here at the end of the show, let's do a quick little lightning round because okay. we got a couple of other things that we got to get in here that took place this week. Yes. And uh, so right off the top, I'm going to have to talk about this. Masa Saito passed away. Uh, you may have seen the card come up at the beginning of SmackDown yep. and, and the beginning of NXT. Now, this is one I wasn't familiar with. I was. I remember him back in the day tag teaming with Mr. Fuji. He was, the, he was a two-time, I believe, tag champ with Mr. Fuji back in the 80s. Uh, but he was also the AWA champ as well. He beat Larry Zabisco for that championship. He was a uh, he was actually a tag champion or not not a champion. He was in a tag team with Jesse Ventura at one point, like back in the AWA, way oh. way back in the day. Okay, that I remember. Yeah. So um, and then he went to New Japan after WWE or back at that time WWF, and he feuded WWF. with WWF. Yeah. Well, no, th- at that point it was WWF. Sasha Banks trying to say that. <sighs> But he had a feud with uh, Antonio Inoki when he went back to uh, New Japan, which is obviously a big deal. One of the top guys there. Uh, One of his most famous matches of all time was a desert island match, a two hour desert. They fought all over this desert island. (laughs) That was the match. Look that up. Uh, But this guy's known as a legit badass, like a legit tough guy. Uh, One time he was, uh, I'm trying to remember remember what it was, who he was with, but he was a, that he he was apparently involved in an incident where another wrestler threw a boulder through a window of a McDonald's because they wouldn't serve them late at night. <laughs> and when the cops came to their hotel room to arrest them, they beat up the cops. And he served. He was supposed to. He was sentenced to two years in jail, and then got out on good behavior. But yeah, yeah, legit. Like, wow. don't f with this guy, kind of guy. But um, he was also announcer in New Japan towards the end of his career. But yeah, the last eighteen years, I guess he was uh, fighting Parkinson's. And he finally succumbed uh, this year. So, uh, yes, goodbye to Masa Saito and uh, another another. I, I, I imagine they'd probably give him something at the Hall of Fame this time of year. Uh, maybe we'll see. But uh, also, Slammiversary 16 happens uh, July 22nd, coming up very quickly. A bunch of matches on this one, Nick. Yeah, let's uh, run them down real quick. The, uh, the Impact World Championship is on the line. Austin Aries facing off against Moose. Yeah. Uh, this could be an interesting There's match. There's a lot of championships on the line on this one. We've got like the, all of them are. Like the knockouts. Okay, so the Sue Young Madison Rain build has been absolutely crazy, like B movie horror stuff. It's awesome. <laughs> it's really cool, actually, if you want to check that stuff out. Very unlike a lot of stuff you see in mainstream wrestling. Uh, we've also got the X Division Championship on the line between Matt Seidel and Brian Cage, our boy Brian Cage, going for the, the X Division championship match yes the world tag team championships are also on the line in a 5150 street fight <laughs> featuring lax versus the OGs. versus L- the og yeah. lax i oh, love it man i love it uh next we had a fun mask versus hair match with pentagon jr and sammy freaking callahan i can't what? believe this one yeah oh my either God. pentagon they're gonna lose, unmask pentagon or no they're way. gonna shave sammy's head oh jesus i Christ. think you know what's happening yeah. here Sh- it, sorry sammy pentagon is not ruining his he's gimmick not taking his mask for off. sammy callahan right. he's he's pentagon in like five different promotions well get okay get this one this is going to be absolutely a like an eyeball popping match fatal four-way match ray phoenix versus johnny impact johnny mundo johnny whatever john morrison Versus Hennigan. Exactly. Right. Versus Rich Swan versus Taiji Bullet Soldier Ishimori. What? This match is going to be bananas. Oh my bananas. God. I'll tune into the whole thing just for that match. Yeah. No and then sure. finally, a House of Hardcore Rules match. The Eddie Edwards, who's lost his mind ever since he had his head hit with a baseball bat yeah. by Sammy Callahan versus Tommy Dreamer. How is Tommy Dreamer still alive? 
I don't know. That's what, he's just he keeps going. I don't know. He's uh, the Energizer Bunny of hardcore wrestling. Uh, apparently, Jesus Christ. Apparently, Sandman's kendo hits aren't that bad. Did he kill Ray Phoenix and like uh, uh, his thousand take souls. his thousand lives? <laughs> oh my God. Maybe, maybe. Uh, Ray Mysterio will be at the G1 final and potentially coming back to the WWE in September. It's rumored. Yeah, there's some some websites that are not entirely legitimate have been saying that he's already signed a contract with WWE. And it's, that doesn't seem like it's too legit but I think we've been down this road before he has been saying it's likely he'll come back to the WWE he's going to be featured in w uh, 2k19 so it's very possible Isn't he Ray in will, all of them uh but like he's gonna be on the cover of like, like one of the DLCs like they're promoting oh, okay. him on yeah so interesting looking like Ray's coming back but he's gonna be the g1 first uh another news uh Lars Sullivan uh, remember he broke his jaw quote unquote uh facing off against Alistair Black uh, apparently his jaw injury is his jaw is not injured and this was all just storyline according to uh Meltzer of it wrestler I mean, they, Observer news they had me they showed the, they oh, showed shit. the uh where they, they the got x-ray, those x-ray from i don't know the x-ray and everything i mean photoshop but right. whatever it was you know he got kicked he got hurt legit in the jaw yeah during that match like it looked like it hurt i guess it wasn't broken but yeah anyway good to know lars yeah. might be back soon and then finally Cain Velasquez, former UFC heavyweight champion, the guy that took the belt off of Brock Lesnar. He apparently was at the WWE Performance Center training Ooh. and working with people. Did some DDP yoga, you know. Because uh, <laughs> that's what you do at the PC. Well, apparently DDP was there like training for that day. So and he was like, trifecta why not? Why not? Um, so, yeah, he's he's said that he doesn't feel like he could feel at home in the WWE but, you know, who knows? He knows what happened. Apparently, he's on good terms with them. More and more UFC guys getting on good terms with WWE. So, who knows? Mm, who knows? Interesting. Well, guys, that's our show for this week. Thank you very much for tuning in. Before we get out of here, we do want to encourage you to come over and join the Facebook discussion group. Just search for Busted Wide Open. Request an invite, and we will get you in right away. You can also find us on Twitter at BWO Podcast. And if you want want to support us and uh, continue this support that you guys are already giving, head over to Patreon.com slash BWO. We've got a brand new set of tiers that we unveiled earlier this week, I believe on Monday. And we promise they won't bring you to tears. No, they will not. These are all legit, really good stuff. There's some merch. There's some interaction. There's all kinds of good stuff. So be sure to head to patreon.com slash BWO and check those out. Get signed up. Buy me and Ian some food because we like to eat, right? <laughs> nah, it's okay. Yeah. It's overrated. That being said, the very exciting news, we are going live yes. in two weeks. We are off next week. We do apologize. Nick's going out of town. I have to so, go speak at a podcasting conference. Oh, you poor baby. Yeah. Wah, wah. So unfortunately, we will be missing next week's episode. and We do apologize for that. Uh, we very rarely ever take time off for the show, so I don't think it's going to happen nothing's again. Nothing's really happening, really. And we're going to try and, and put in contingency plans so that it never happens again, in right. fact. So that being said, we are off next week, but when we come back, we will be live mm. it's gonna be a live show no cutting away no nothing if there's a car that drives by you're gonna hear it <laughs> if, yeah. if and uh we also have some interactivity going on we'll be on youtube uh the, the text chat will be open during the show and that's gonna be every thursday at 5 p.m pacific time yes sir well guys i'm nick howell you can find me on twitter at nick podcasts and i am sir ian dangerous you can find me on twitter at sir ian dangerous oh, my god Did somebody stop the damn match This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. 
for more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.